Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riven Andrew Velez. And this is now episode 107. In this episode, we will talk about the Patriots quarterback competition with Matt Malinsky, Mitch Trubisky's preseason performance, Josh Rosen, and which rookie quarterback has been the most impressive, even though we all know the answer to that one. Yeah, we all know then we are going to talk about Carl Lawson's injury, what the Washington football team's name should be, and record predictions for the AFC West. This is now episode 107, and the first segment of this show was supposed to be talking about the Patriots quarterback competition. We had a guest on Matt Malinsky, but we recorded it on a different day than we're recording this show or this episode right now, like the rest of these segments. And it was just me and Drew because Riv was at the gym for that. And, and his working. I respect Yeah, yeah. And his mic sounded awful. So I said, you know what? <laughs> just leave the meeting. You guys so carried it though. The first segment is going to be the Patriots quarterback competition. And I'm going to plug it in right here. Hello, guys. What's up? And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Side podcast. So today, because there is a quarterback battle between Cam Newton and Mac Jones in New England, we decided to have a Patriots reporter basically reporting on the scene here on the show today. His name is Matt Belinsky. He is a scene hall alumni. I go to scene hall currently. I don't know when it was, but I think one of us followed each other on social media. I knew about you because they talk about you around seeing home, man. You know, you're a celebrity. PSN, you're one of the top guys at PSN with Dagan Hughes, I believe. He was there as well. And you guys were awesome. Also, Rich. Rich or Rick or Rich, right? One of those. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great commentator. And I knew I knew about you guys because when I was researching these clubs, you guys were the ones I would see on camera reporting. Then you went to Syracuse, which you mentioned before the podcast that was your dream school. So talk to us a little bit, a little bit about that. Your time at seeing Hall, then going to Syracuse and now getting an internship at a local TV station in Foxborough and covering the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, it's been crazy. You know, I grew up a Cuse fan and, uh, didn't get in, got waitlisted. I mean, that's a real competitive school to get into. And I didn't even know about Seton Hall. Like when I went to Seton Hall, I don't know who Isaiah Whitehead was, I mean, I'm a Q's fan in the Big East, and I'm saying, okay, Seton Hall, win, let's write that off, move on to the next one. I get to Seton Hall, perspective changes. I mean, I love the culture there. First off, I just like how hard the players play for Seton Hall. You don't see that hardly any other place. And then just the overall, you know, how I got into broadcasting at Seton Hall, because you're able to do so much stuff there, but it is still you know, fairly competitive. They're not just handing you the mic from day one. You know, you got to work up a little bit at WSOU and PSN. And, you know, it was just great. And they taught me everything so that I could go into Syracuse for my master's confidently and kind of was able to excel there. And that's what helped land this internship with uh, WPRI and been covering the path since, since man, sometime in mid-July. And that's awesome. When you went to Syracuse, were you blown away from the the broadcasting equipment that is there because from what i've heard it's a pretty prestigious school a notable name that just comes to my mind is adam lefko he went there mike Tarico, and the list goes on like a lot of people that we know right now that are at the top of the media game have went to syracuse yeah it's crazy i mean the professors too i mean 
you know, Matt Park, the voice of the orange, Mike Waters writes for Syracuse.com, Stephen Fonte, and I'm giving some shout outs here. He's he's on News Channel 9 as a sports reporter. So you got guys in the business teaching you that. And then from the news perspective as well, and just the equipment that they have, and this is no knock on Seton Hall at all, but this just goes to show how much Syracuse truly has. I mean, it is great A equipment. I, I haven't landed a job yet, but I've been in talks with some places and from what I've seen from everywhere, what we used at Syracuse is exactly what they use in the actual real world. And it's just kind of amazing that you get to use that because it's almost like, yeah, you're going to college, but you can almost count it as a year of actual experience because it's that close to the real stuff. Transitioning to the Patriots camp, you've been covering it. You've been there. Seeing it in person is always different than seeing it on TV. And in person, who has been better in camp, Mac Jones or Cam Newton? Yeah, and to me, it's been Cam Newton. Um, there's been days that Mac Jones has certainly won. If you say, okay, he won this day, he won this drill, and that's expected because it's a quarterback battle. If it, if it wasn't a quarterback battle, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. But Cam Newton overall has been the top-notch QB just because he's been in the system He's experienced. You know, you can even see the way he carries himself during camp. He's out there hyping up the crowd. You know, Mac Jones is going in there to, I don't want to say hope he doesn't mess anything up, but he wants to go in there knowing that he's the rookie coming into this New England Patriots franchise. And, you know, Mac Jones isn't necessarily, you know, he wasn't a top five pick, so he isn't necessarily the guy. It isn't like they're writing him in and penciling him to be the guy. But, you know, Cam Newton so far has been the better quarterback if you do want to make a choice. And that was a great point that you made about Mac Jones knowing that he's a rookie coming in because at Alabama, the same exact thing happened. He knew he was the guy waiting behind Tua and Jalen Hurts. He doesn't have an inpatient attribute to his personality. He is he is wanting to understand, learn, grow, and be patient with the game And Cam Newton also, I think, is the leader of that team, which I think gives him a slight edge in that quarterback battle. Mac Jones had flaws coming out of college. Arm strength, his mobility. I didn't think they were as big of a flaws as people made him out to seem like. But in camp, has that been a red flag? Has that been raising a red flag? Yeah, and I guess maybe I'd say more of like a yellow flag. Um, I do feel like... You know, it's definitely an issue, maybe err on the side of caution. But, you know, when you look at the immobility, it's not that he can't step up in the pocket. It's not that he can't, you know, run for a first down on third and three. But you're not going to see him getting these Lamar Jackson numbers, these crazy rushing stats. And it's definitely not an asset that he has. Um, And, you know, when you look at the way that he throws the ball, he's just real accurate with those short and mid-range throws. Um, You know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be gunslinging the ball all over the place. You know, he'll throw it 40 yards downfield maybe if he has to, if they really need a play like that, as all quarterbacks should be able to. But he's not going to be a guy where you're going to see Mac Jones slinging it all over the places. No, if he gets in the game and if he plays this season, he's going to be a guy that's coming in there and delivering the ball like kind of like a typical Patriots quarterback would, but again, I thought Brady had a a pretty good arm during his prime, and I would not say that Mac Jones is near that, but I wouldn't say that he's like this Alex Smith type either. So in camp right now, 
arm-wise, who has impressed you more? To be honest, neither has totally impressed me. Um, but I will say that, that Cam Newton had some more okay. throws where you're like, okay, this is why he is the top guy from day one. You know, he is able to thread it in there a little bit easier. I remember in the first first few days, it took Mac Jones a few days to really get used to, to even some of these passes that you would say, okay, an NFL quarterback has to make. And again, that comes with the learning curve. That comes with probably the nerves on day one or day two of training camp. Overall, Cam Newton's been a little bit better at that. But each has had their flaws. I mean, there was one day that both threw multiple interceptions, and they each only threw about 15 passes during the 11-on-11. So that's not great. And that was before pads, mind you. Um, during pads, it's been the same. But you got to remember, too, that it's training camp, and they're working on every little thing. So, you know, will you see it in the game? I'm not sure. And it is New England, and New England has one of the top defenses in the league last year wasn't it wasn't so much but we know they have a history of having one of the top defenses in the NFL in the preseason watching Mac Jones watching Cam Newton Cam Newton I think probably has a slight edge right now but I do feel as if Mac Jones is coming week two in preseason versus the Eagles the throws that he was making I was wowed by there was this one throw he threw to Nikhil Harry on a streak Ball placement, as perfect as you can place it. Nikhil Harry dropped it, and I believe he popped his shoulder on that same play. Those are the things that I saw in Mac Jones at Alabama. I know he got a lot of criticism for it because his receivers were open, but I think Mac Jones has that it factor. Nikhil Harry dropped that ball. He's injured. He's going to be injured for a while. How has Nikhil Harry been in camp? Is it is it time to be like, okay, he is a bust, He's a first-round bust. He had, there's no hope left for him, or has he been doing some things against that stacked secondary? Yeah, I, I think Nikhil Harry is a guy that I, I think is still seriously on the step chart in New England. I mean, sure, there's been moments when, like you said, I mean, you're like, okay, well, when is Nikhil Harry finally going to be the player that was you know expected of him? But at the same time, this is a New England team that, to me, does not have one wideout that is surely, you know, their go-to guy. So I feel like it's almost like a waiting game, like, okay, is this finally when Nikhil Harry steps up and start making plays? Because while it's not a great, great as far as, okay, you know, you look at around the AFC and you've got like a Juju or you've got like a Stephon Diggs. New England doesn't have anyone like that. But they do have a lot of wide receivers vying for those few spots. So I feel like Nikhil Harry is kind of in that in-between where, can he make that step up, but also make sure that he doesn't fall down too low down the depth chart because there's other guys there that are just as talented and ready to potentially you know, make themselves a name. To stick on the topic of wide receivers, we saw them pick up Nelson Aguilar, saw him pick up, uh, oh my goodness, blanking on Kendrick his name, Bourne. Kendrick Bourne, excuse me, thank you. Kendrick Bourne, who I'm a big fan of coming out of San Fran, felt like he just didn't get the opportunity that I think he's going to get in New England. Out of those two guys, which one has impressed you the most? I feel like we haven't heard much of either of them. Yeah, um, I'd say Kendrick Bourne. Um, I, I think he's been the one that he's made the more plays. But I will throw a name out there to you guys, Christian Wilkerson. He he was a big target during the first training camp game. That was the one that I, I went to. I did not go to the second training camp game. It was, it was away in Philly. I was actually in Philly this weekend but didn't go to the game. Um, but I was at the first one. And Christian Wilkerson 
was a clear target of Mac Jones. He's made plays all throughout training camp, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be a guy that not only makes this team, but you, you could see him making some catches this season as well. I mean, he's got a good body, he's young, great hands, and he's been all over the place during training camp. So if you just had to put money on it, out of the three, Nelson, Nikhil, and Kendrick, which one do you think is the number one receiver on the squad right now? I feel like I'd go with Nelson only because they brought him in and, you know, he has a decent track record. Um, I mean, Jacoby Myers maybe is also there as well. I mean, he, he's he's definitely – I think he's impressed a lot of people. Um, but, man, it's just so tough. Like, part of me is like, is there even a true number one on this team? I want to go with Aguilar, but it's hard, man. Yeah, there's not much depth in a wide receiver room. That was a constant problem in New England. Their only top wide receiver they've had is really Randy Moss in Tom Brady's tenure. And then last year with Cam, they had nobody. This is a question for both of you guys. Mac Jones, Cam Newton, back to the quarterback battle. Is there at any point in your guys' opinion that we are going to see Mac Jones start for the New England Patriots? We know that right now Cam Newton has this COVID thing going on. He's going to be out for a couple of days. That may give Mac Jones an edge. In my opinion, I think we will see Mac Jones start, and I think they will be better when he does start. But anytime this season, do you believe Mac will get the starting job, or do you believe Cam Newton will play well the entire year and hold that job down? So I am on record saying that I thought that Mac Jones was going to actually start week one. Now, he's been playing extremely well, so it's not too far-fetched to even say that even even now, given the fact that Cam Newton is you know, out with, due to COVID restrictions. But I hope not. Truthfully, I, I hope he doesn't start. I feel like I, I want Cam to, to get his opportunity. He finally has got a full training camp underneath his belt. He Well, not, now, unfortunately, not a full, you know, missing five days. But still, you know, a lot more than what he had last season, given the fact that there was no training camp at all. I feel like Cam Newton is still playing with this chip on his shoulder. People are still doubting his ability to throw the bat, uh, throw the football, still be effective on the ground. And I, I feel as if, you know, he doesn't need to be as effective on the ground, given the fact that the run game is, you know, is, is really deep. You see Stevenson's been impressing. Of course, Damian Harris is the lead back. Sony Michelle is there too. So it's a deep running back course. So I don't think you have to rely on him too much in the run game. I want to see him throw the football and be effective in that sense. And I think he can be. I, I, I do believe Mac Jones will probably play during the season, but I hope not. You know, I was going to play devil's advocate here because I'm looking at, at it as a whole, and I like to go game by game, and, and I see this Pat's schedule, and I'm like, okay, I mean, I don't think Belichick's going to make a decision too, too soon into the season. The one stretch of games that I see, actually there's two stretches of games. So let's say the Pats are right in it and maybe in the thick of like a wild card race. Because I know that they have a fairly fairly easy schedule to start off. They got the Jets twice and an away game against Houston and New Orleans. So, I mean, you could look at them that way. But then they got away games at the Chargers, away at Carolina, and a home game against Cleveland. And that's the first spot where I'm like, okay, let's say they're in it and they only win one or maybe zero of those games. Is it time to insert Mac Jones if Cam Newton is the problem and he's not working? But then you look at that after and you're like, they got Atlanta, Tennessee, and Buffalo. And at that point, you got to also think, is putting Mac Jones in here really going to help us if the goal is to make the playoffs? Because those are teams that probably someone with experience would do better against 
because, I mean, they're just better teams. Tennessee and Buffalo have good defenses. Someone like Cam Newton may be able to, you know, just get himself together and, and do better than a Mac Jones would have done. So if you look at it then, maybe if the Pats are out of things, by the end of the year Mac Jones gets in. But I don't think it'd be something where people are like, oh, yeah, he'll be starting by week three or four. No way. I think Cam Newton's here to stay as the starter for a good chunk of the season. This isn't the only quarterback battle we have in the NFL. We have one in New Orleans with Winston and Taysom Hill. In Denver with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. The Niners, Jimmy G, Trey Lance, Chicago, Fields, and Andy Dalton. And then, of course, this one with Mac Jones and Cam Newton. So now, on to, let's just do a little trivia here, right? I'm going to name the team. I'm going to name the quarterbacks. You guys tell me who is going to start. Week one, 49ers, Jimmy G, or Trey Lance. I'll go first. I think Jimmy G starts. I think that one's pretty yeah. easy, too. I'm going to go Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Okay, on to the Broncos. Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, who starts? Andrew, I'll start with you. I think it's Drew Locke. I think that he has more boom potential than what Teddy Bridgewater has. Teddy Bridgewater, up until this point, we know what he's going to be, more of a game management type quarterback. And I would rather take the chance on Drew Locke. And I think this is the season Drew Locke breaks out. I'm actually going to go the other side with Teddy. I'm going to go Teddy as well. I think Teddy's going to be the week one starter. On to the Saints, Jameis Winston versus Taysom Hill. I'm going Jameis all day. Seamus, Jameis. How about you, Matt? Who are you going with? Yeah, Jameis, 110%. Can't see why Taysom Hill would. No, definitely Jameis. He definitely has more arm talent than what Taysom has to offer. On to the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy has already said Andy Dalton will be the week one starter. We don't know if that's going to be true or not. He could change his mind. But as of right now, I will go with Andy Dalton. I think he will be the week one starter. Andrew, will it be Fields or Dalton? I think it's going to be Dalton. I don't think you need to throw in fields at this point. Let him learn the offense. Take a season. Andy Dalton's more than capable of being the quarterback we saw him do it in Dallas. I think he could do it again. Yeah, I think it's Dalton. And now on to the last one. We just talked about it for a huge portion of this segment. Of course, the Patriots, Mac Jones or Cam Newton. I would love for it to be Mac Jones, but I will go with Cam Newton. Who are you going with, Drew? This COVID thing makes it very interesting. I think that it's probably going to be Cam Newton, though. Yeah, I'm sticking with Cam. And that's going to do it for this segment. So, Matt, thank you for joining us. I see that you are verified on Twitter now. That's awesome. Hey. So when you woke up and you saw that you were verified on Twitter, how did that make you feel? So I actually got a text and they're like, hey, you know you're verified. And I'm like, no way. Like I went and checked. I'm like, no shot because you apply to it and they say they're going to get back to you within a week. And then they didn't get back to like three weeks. So it was almost as if I mm-hmm. forgot. And then it was like, wow, th- this is pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's dope. If I, if I woke up and I was verified, I, I would be hyped. I would be hyped. So if you want to uh, just, uh, you know, p- put yourself in the, you know, this recording and tell guys where to, where they can find you, you can at name on Instagram, Twitter, or, you know, plug in your podcast you can do that and uh you know they'll listen yeah so uh at matt majinski it's spelled totally different than how it sounds it's uh m-a-t-m-l-o-d-z-i-n-s-k-i um that's my twitter and instagram 
And then, you know, I'll shout out my page as well. Um, I got, well, I got a podcast at Hall of the Sports that I do with Rich Behan. You know, we both are definitely moving on with, you know, post-grad and career stuff. So we don't put a ton of episodes out there, but we try to do hour-long episodes at least once a month by this point about the biggest news. And uh, at CBB Review, that's my college basketball website. Got some great writers over there. If you guys are interested in college hoops, I'm talking to you, Joel and Andrew, you know, hit me up. Always looking for writers and, and content. And, um, you know, at CBB Review on Instagram and Twitter, that's uh, that's really my brainchild. All right. That's awesome, man. And I'll, I'll, of course, I'll link it down in the episodes. People can find it easier and don't have to spell, you know, your name. They can just find it, click the link, and they'll be there. So thank you for your time, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Enjoyed it. For real, man. Thanks, Matt. And now we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and now we're back. And today I went to Jets training camp. Yeah, how was it? I got to see Zach Wilson in person. I actually have a funny story to say, uh, to tell. As I was leaving the training camp, I saw Connor Hughes. He's the most popular Jets beat reporter outside of maybe Rich mm-hmm. Kamini, who reports for ESPN. I might have said his name wrong, whatever. I saw Connor Hughes. My friend next to me said, hey, what's up, Connor? Connor said, hey, man, nice to meet you. Very cool, dude. As I'm walking back to the shuttle bus, because you park like eight blocks away from the training facility and a shuttle bus rotates and brings fans to the training camp to, the, to where they practice to the facility. As I'm walking towards the bus, I see this Eagles player taking pictures with fans, and these fans are talking to this Eagles player. I'm looking at this guy, and I'm looking at his face, and he has the face of a guy who is like a is like a bench warmer, or he's a practice squad player. I'm like, yo, he doesn't look familiar. Mm. So I I acted like it was nothing. My friend next to me was like, hey, you know, who's that Eagles player? I was I just jokingly said. It's Jason Saunders. <laughs> he was a kicker. And then I kept walking. And I said, you know what? Let me search this guy up. He was wearing number two or number three, one of those. I think it was number two. I searched him up. I searched up the Eagles roster. I looked down the numbers. And number two was Darius Slay. Really? And that was Darius Slay talking to That's the fans, crazy. taking pictures. You told me that. And I could, and you know I know what Darius Slay looked like? No, I did not. That's crazy. I did not. I, I, I don't think, know what Darius Slay looks like, looks like. I think most people don't know That's how football players look like because they're always in helmets. Looks like if, me with a beard. If you were to see a football player in a random place, you probably wouldn't recognize them. Only like the Unless they're guys. the top guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw Darius Slay, and as he turns around, because I, look, I could have walked to him. He was right there. I could have been like, hey, bro, can I get a picture? I think he would have been down to do it. Maybe not. Who knows? (laughs) But then I'm already here. Slay is here. And he's walking back. As soon as I realize it's Slay, I turn back slow motion. I see his back turned. (laughs) I see the Slay on the back of his jersey. And I'm like, damn. (laughs) And I was like. Darius Slay. <laughs> did, he, did he wave back? Nah, he didn't. Uh, he didn't wave back. Been so he just started sad. running and jogging over. <laughs> really? Yeah, he just started jogging back to uh, the rest are of his the, teammates. Are the Jets playing the the Eagles or no? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, week three of the preseason. Uh, there wasn't much that happened in the training camp because much of the the practice was more intense yesterday. So today they took a break. I got to see Jalen Hurts. He looked really good. Nice. I got to see Zach Wilson. He looks good. 
both in playing and in physique and, you know, in person. He is taller in person. He is tall. He is tall. And there we have a running back. I think his last name is Adams. He used to play for the Eagles. Yep. Okay. That guy is tall in person. He? Yes, he looks a good six three, six four, mm. and he is tall as hell. I'm blanking on his first name. It might be Jamal. It might. No, I think that's the safety. That's no, no, I'm, no. I yeah. know. I'm gonna look at the Jets running backs. Is Let's he see. a Jets running back? Uh, no, he played for the Eagles. That's what you just Jamal. said. Jamal. Yeah. Josh Adams. Josh Adams. I think he used to play for the Eagles, but yep. yeah, he is tall as hell in person. But yeah, it was a good, it was a good experience. You get uh, there's food there. Oh, that's cool. There's a place to to buy jerseys. And you stuff. have to pay for the food, or honestly, you do. Uh huh. But it's kind of a a a good civilian kind of thing, right? So okay. there's a grill. It's not it's not super high tech, fancy like when you're at the stadium. There's a dude on the grill that's making a burger and a hot dogs. You let him know what you want. Mm-hmm. He gives it to you. Then you go and, and pay for it. Oh, so you can walk you, off. You can, you can easily finesse it if you want to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I noticed that after I paid. I yeah. paid first and then went on the line. And I'm like, wait, you do it the opposite way. It'll come back in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that $2, yeah. $3, whatever you spend, you'll be all right. Yeah, so uh, training camp was pretty cool. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to go more next year because I feel like it's a great way to build connections, you'd be surprised how many people are just there. People that have a that are ingrained in the league, walking around. You're free to talk to them, and you know it's just a cool environment. So it was, like it was pretty time. cool. Nice. Some Glad recent some recent quarterback moves that happened is that Teddy Bridgewater is now the starting quarterback for the Broncos. Vic Fangio announced it. It is official, <clears> which means he has beat out Drew Lockintyre. That's and now, name? no, it's not. Oh. <laughs> He's beat out Drew Locke. And also, Jameis Winston looks like he's running away with this quarterback competition in New Orleans over Taysom Hill. What is more surprising to you guys that Drew Locke has gotten beat out or that Jameis looks as good as he looks right now? I think it would have to be the Jameis Winston one because I feel like with Teddy, we've seen him in Carolina. He was really good. You know, granted, the team didn't make the playoffs, but we saw when he played, they were a pretty good offense. We've seen him in Minnesota make the playoffs. He was solid. So we've seen him in situations where he's a solid starting quarterback. He's made the playoffs. He's been in the playoffs. He's been in situations. As for Drew Locke, you know, he hasn't. Nice, nah, you know, I like Denver, so I'm going to be nice. You know, he hasn't been good. You know, he, he so flashes. He so signs. But consistent on a consistent basis, he hasn't been good. So I think... Right now, Denver, looking at their team, they're kind of in a win-now situation, and I think Teddy gives them the best chance for them to win. You know, you get Cortland Sutton coming back, Jerry Judy in year two. So I think with that being said, Teddy Bridgewater just looks like the guy who can get you wins on a consistent basis. For, you know, the Saints, the dude got his eyes fixed. You know, we, we joke about 30 for 30. It was a, It's a funny joke, you know, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But, you know, Jameis Winston for this offense, Drew Brees, I feel like he – Limited his offense because he couldn't throw the deep ball accurately. Jameis Winston has that power and that ability to throw the ball deep. And if he can, you know, throw it at an accurate rate on a consistent basis, this offense can definitely implode and it can be bigger. So I think with Mr. Gadget guy, Taysom Hill, you just, Jameis Winston is just a better quarterback. And I figured he was going to win this regardless. So I think at that point, you have to just go with the better talent in Jameis Winston. 
To that point, exactly. That's why I'm not as surprised. I think Jameis was just an overall better quarterback than Taysom Hill, and it's a fact. Unfortunately, you know, you're right. He did have the 30 for 30, but now he's got 20-20 vision, of course, and now he can actually <laughs> throw the football accurately. So I'm now, I'm a little, I might shock a few saying that I'm upset that Teddy's our starting quarterback, but at the same time. Why are you upset? I'm upset because I know what Teddy Bridgewater is. Mm. And you said that he played well in, in, in Carolina. He played okay. He had 15 touchdowns in 15 games. That's not good. And my that's not what I want out of my starting quarterback, especially when you got Robbie, you got DJ Moore, you got Curtis Samuel. C, uh, CMC was out a good portion of the season, but regardless of that, you should have been slinging it a lot more, and it should have resulted in more than 15 touchdowns. Drew Locke hasn't been good up until this point, but we can't forget that last season he did not have a preseason. So going into this year, this was kind of like his sophomore season to really prove himself as a quarterback. And he got a full training camp. He's been playing pretty good up until this point. And I understand that, you know, we made the trade for for Teddy Bridgewater and we gave up stuff. So, of course, we wanted to see him in action. But why not take the chance on Drew Locke? Drew Locke is going into year three. I'm not saying he would be Josh Allen, but we saw Josh Allen at his third year finally break out into this quarterback that he is now. Why can't we just take the same chance on, 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 on Drew Locke? So now we make Teddy the starter. Now we kill Drew's confidence. Even if Teddy plays bad and we put in Drew, his confidence still isn't going to be there. I'm sure that he's going to be ready whenever he, whenever his number is called on, but it's not the same as if, you know, Fangio goes in and says to him, listen, Drew, we, we trust you. We want you to be the guy. Well, can I ask you a question? Let's hear it. You, you, you said, you know, this is, you know, Drew's third year and you brought mm-hmm. up Josh Allen. Yep. I think Josh Allen was a little different because in year two, of he course. showed flashes. No, absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, they made the playoffs in year two and they blew it. But right. what I will say is both the, both his first two seasons, he was dead last in yeah. completion percentage. Did, did Drew Locke show you any flashes in year two to solidify well, his spot in, as in a year, starter? In year one, he played six games. Right. And in one of those games, he had a 300-yard, three-touchdown against the Texans, which were a playoff team at the time. Mm-hmm. But regardless of that... Always had a bad defense. Absolutely. Their defense really was never really good. Now, you look at last season, he didn't have a preseason. Of course, he was the starter. He was kind of shaky. He, he he showed me some flashes there, but mostly it was not something that I wanted to see. Okay. But again, he didn't have a preseason. This preseason, he's been playing very well. And he kind of just smacked him in the face by making Teddy the, the guy. You know what Teddy's going to be. If Drew isn't good, you can throw Teddy in and we'll be okay. But my thing is, you're right. We're not in uh, a situation where we are a favorite in the AFC or something like that. But let's say we start Drew Locke and he booms. Our team is good enough where we we have talent all over the roster that we can actually be a contender mm. if he pops. If he doesn't pop, then who cares? We go and we get another good, a good draft pick the next season. So I feel like there was really nothing to lose by starting Drew Locke except seeing him rise to his potential. I'm not surprised by either. I'm not surprised by either. I thought Teddy Bridgewater was going to be the starter. I'm not a Drew Locke believer, nor do I think... People should believe in Drew Locke. His play is erratic. He hasn't shown me enough that he can be a good quarterback. Maybe a good backup. You know, he can bring in some sparks. He can stick around kind of like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Teddy's stable. You know what you're getting out of him. His numbers have never popped off, but I think Denver doesn't need somebody who can pop off. I think they need somebody who's going to protect the ball, and that's what Teddy Bridgewater is going to do. And Vic Fangio's job this year is on the line. If he doesn't win games, he's going to get fired. I don't know if I agree with that, but I'll let you finish. 
I think if he he's gonna definitely gonna be on the hot seat, and mm. knowing that he's thinking to himself, okay, I need to win, and I can't trust Drew Locke. On to Jameis Winston. I've been waiting for this for a year, <laughs> hoping for this to happen. <laughs> you don't know how long I I've, I've been dreaming about a moment like this to happen. Last year, Jameis Winston has a thirty for thirty season. Obviously, he, be, he, he becomes a yeah. Last year, basically, gotcha. though, after yep, that season. Right. Jameis Winston has that 30 for 30 season. He becomes a meme. People make fun of him. He's one of five quarterbacks to throw for 5,000 yards. Not a lot of quarterbacks can throw for 30 touchdowns. And I said it back then. It's Bruce Arians' offense. Every quarterback in their second year in Arians' offense has a much better season. Tom Brady, because he's so damn great, didn't have that high turnover season. I said on this show and on our beginning episodes that Jameis Winston, if he comes back to Tampa Bay, they will make the playoffs with him and he will have a breakout season. Obviously, they got Tom Brady. Great move by them to do that, of course, because Tom (laughs) Brady is the GOAT quarterback. Mm. But I said whatever team Jameis goes to, he's going to thrive. He is going to thrive. Obviously, he goes to the Saints. Didn't get a chance to play because they had Drew Brees there. He had to sit for a year. And I think that's possibly the best thing to happen in Jameis Winston's career. Jameis Winston's stats are the same as Drew Brees' stats before he got to the Saints. With the, with the, with the Chargers, Drew Brees' stats was very similar. Jameis Winston is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league with the Saints. Mm. Taysom Hill, like you mentioned, he's a gadget guy. He's not a good quarterback. You put him in for some series and he said it. I don't, I think before the season started, like in the off season, he said that if the saints don't view me as a quarterback, I'm going to go somewhere where they do. Well, good luck. Nobody views you that way. Nobody views you as a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Name me a team. And I can't tell you that that team would rather have that team would want Taysom Hill to be the starting quarterback. Jameis Winston is a legit starter, a former pro bowler, which Sean Payne is going to be great. And Marquez Calloway, undrafted wide receiver, he has been unbelievable. Yep. If Michael Thomas can get over this off-the-field stuff and drama and finally come back, then the Saints have something going. But Jameis Winston, Calloway connection, I think that's going to be very great. I'm a Jameis believer. I've been a believer. And just like I was a believer in Ryan Tannehill two, three seasons ago and said, Trust me, he's a franchise guy. Jameis is a franchise guy. Nice. There's no doubt about it. I have no doubts about that. So you, so like, where do you see the Saints? Do you see them in the playoffs? I think I feel like they only lost Breeze. For they the are most the part. they are the six or seven seed. Uh, but Michael Thomas is going to be out for a little while. Yeah, they are the six or seven seed. I think the Saints are still a very great team. That last spot is going to be between them. Arizona and Seattle. Mm. Yeah, I think that whole conference that yeah. Seattle, Arizona, San Fran, Rams, that's going to be dog fight, dog fight. But Jameis to me, I, I can't wait until he shows out. You I'm said, happy for him. I don't want to go too into this, but you said Fangio's on the hot seat. We had a lot of injuries last season on that defense, and he made us one of the better defenses in the league with backups. So I think he still uh, gets another season. You think so? I do think so. Look defense, at the numbers, though. The defense wasn't that good. I agree, because we had a ridiculous number of injuries to our secondary. We lost Von Miller. 
our linebacking core isn't good as is, I want to say we were still a top 15 defense regardless of that. I'll just fact check you real quick. Okay. I, I remember seeing it one time and they were a bottom 20 defense. Let's see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. This isn't points allowed, by the way. Okay. They were the 25th defense. Which isn't good. I'm pretty... Yeah. What, you said points allowed. Po- and points allowed, yeah. Okay. Which, yeah. yeah, you're right. 25 is not good. But I'm... I could have sworn... Maybe I was looking at yards. It, you could say... You see if I'm wrong there, too. But regardless of that, we, our, our best corner last season was Ojemudia. We really... We were just so depleted at corner. He made us float above water, even though our team really wasn't that good regardless. But, you know, we ended up with the 10th pick overall when we should have been a bottom five team there, too. So... I think we still give him another season, especially because defensively, I like where his head's at, especially with the talent that we have this year. There's no excuse. Our secondary is probably, in my opinion, the best in the league. Von Miller's back to pair with Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb really broke out last season. So I, I definitely believe our defense is going to be one of the better ones in the league. So What I thought was weird about the Jameis situation is that a lot of people are defending Taysom Hill on social media because Taysom Hill is, I guess, a good guy to root for. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people are defending Taysom Hill and saying, oh, he deserves to be the starter, all this. Jameis had his chance, and he didn't succeed. I mean, Jameis was never a bad quarterback. You know, was he a top one in the league? No, he wasn't, but he was never a bad quarterback. Tampa Bay always had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. It wasn't up until recent when they drafted Carlton Davis, and they drafted Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, and they got Shaq Barrett was when they, they started to thrive, and Sue. But outside of that, and Vita Vea. But outside of that, I mean, they, they were never a top defense. Jameis was always having to carry that load. He was never a bad quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't I don't get this sympathy for Taysom Hill. Probably you, just because he's a good guy. You battled for the QB spot, you lost. I, I guess some of the anger comes from the fact that Sean Payton, in a way, didn't really make it a competition. Mm-hmm. He knew the guy was Jameis. Yeah. And he gave Taysom Hill a pseudo competition. But fans were mad because in versus Jacksonville, Taysom Hill, he didn't play with the starters. And the backups, Taysom Hill was horrible with them. But in week one of the preseason, Jameis didn't start with the starters. Taysom Hill started with the starters. Sean Payne in those two preseason games, first game, Taysom started with the starters. Jameis played with the bench guys. Second game, Jameis started with the starters. Taysom played with the bench guys. And Jameis played better when he played with the backups and when he played with the starters. It was a fair competition. Jameis won it fair and square. There was no competition. And this year, it's going to be hard to be better than Tampa, I'll be honest. But I think Winston will have a good year. I really believe in him. I don't doubt that either. I feel like Jameis, if he can just limit the turnovers, of course, he's an excellent QB. And I think that this year, especially that you know he can see... The only my only fear is the the weapons. Now you got Callaway, Camaro, Camaro. Of course, Camaro is going to be force fed a bunch, but I don't know if he's ever been known to really throw to the to the running back. He really. will in that offense. I think so too. I think he'll be left with no choice. But until Michael Thomas comes back, it's going to be a struggle for them to 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 move is the ball. It though, because wasn't MT out for a a portion of the beginning of the season last it year? It was it was after like he was healthy. He was after one, the majority yeah, of the year. The, and Camaro was. Basically carrying that offense, so I think I Emmanuel, think Winston Emmanuel was on the team though. Um, Traquan Smith, Traquan Smith, I Jared guess. Cook. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think Jared Cook was on. I believe the Saints will be fine. Yeah, even uh-huh. without MT, they'll be fine. Champagne is that great of a coach. Camaro, 
talking about Terry QB season. revivals, a quarterback that looked like he had his career revived was Mitchell Trubisky in preseason week two against the Chicago Bears. I can't believe you just said that. His former team, <laughs> the Chicago Bears, Mad Nagy, dumping Mitch Trubisky, sabotaging his career, in my opinion. <clears throat> you face Mitch. Brian Dable's calling the plays. And Mitch lights you up. Mitch looks like an entirely different quarterback. 223 yards, one touchdown, 20 for 28. And on every single drive that he, he played, basically, it turned into points. And Matt Nagy was watching that as he couldn't move the ball against the Bills backups with Andy Dalton. Was Mitch playing against the starters? Some of them. Some didn't start. Jalen Johnson was starting, and he's their starting, the Bears' starting corner. Mm. And Mitch was doing his thing, he man. He was, definitely. And I, I have this question for you guys. Talk to us. Can Mitchell Trubisky have a Ryan Tannehill-like revival to his career? We've heard a lot about Sam Darnold maybe having that with Carolina. When Sam Darnold left the Jets, they said, oh, he's the next Tannehill. Look, he's coming from Gase. He's going to thrive in Carolina. But is it Mitch instead? Mm. Well, you know, it's it's... It it could happen because the situation is perfect, but it I don't think it will because Josh Allen is right there. So I think he would, you know, the situation for Buffalo, they have a great wide receiver core, they have a great team, but I don't think he will be able to revive his career in Buffalo because of the fact that Josh Allen is a starting quarterback. Unless he gets hurt, goes down, and then Mitch comes in and performs, you know, I don't think we're, we're going to be able to see Mitch come in and really change his career. Now, like you said, you know, granted, it was a preseason game, but Mitch did look different. He did look really good in that preseason game with a new coach in a new environment. He looked a lot better than what he looked like last year. So in a situation where, you know, he can get in, you know, he can come in, learn some things behind Josh Allen, you know, sit for a year and then go find a new team and then be the starter. Yeah, we could see a Ryan Tannehill situation. I mean, Mitch isn't bad. You know, Mitch, he's been a pro bowler. He's made the playoffs. He's he's not bad. I think he just needed a new environment in Chicago. It wasn't that environment for him. So I think in a new situation, he can not He can, but I don't think he can do it here because of Josh Allen. Yeah, he's definitely not no Nick Mullins. No. <laughs> uh, I don't like the Ryan Tannehill talk. I feel like you, you talk about <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, you're automatically saying, do you think that this guy could become a top 10 QB in the league potentially one day? Borderline top 10 QB in the league. It's unfair even to Sam Darnold. And another thing that people have to realize about Ryan Tannehill is that he had a pretty good Dolphins career. These two guys are pretty young, though. Like, really young. Well, yes, but my point being is we're, we're talking about Ryan Tannehill. Can he have a Ryan yeah. Tannehill-esque comeback? But Ryan Tannehill really was, after his rookie season, his rookie season was pretty mediocre. Next season after that, he threw 27 touchdowns. Next season after that, 24 touchdowns, threw for 4,000 yards. And season after that, threw for 4,000 yards. His touchdown-to-interception ratio was more than solid. Yeah. And those three seasons, Mitch had one of those seasons in Chicago. And every single season of, of Tannehill's was better than Mitch's. Mm. So it's hard for me to, to compare the two. I just feel like Tannehill, you're, the question should be... Well, I don't if, think he's, he's saying, can you have a... Ryan Tannehill vibe. I'm think I think he's more asking, can he just revive his career like Ryan did when he went to Tennessee? New environment, new vibe, become a better player in a better situation. So in that first season, he left Miami. He went to Tennessee. He ended up becoming the starter. Ended up still winning two playoff games. Mariota, right? yeah, Mariota's bad. So, <laughs> of, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Then Trubisky, in now his situation, 
instead of become, going to a squad and, and being a backup there, potentially being the starter there, maybe going to compete. Saints is a, is a bad example, but I'm just thinking of yeah, some, some yeah. kind of QB competition, even the Broncos for to a degree. Maybe, you know, you show that you're really worth something and, and win the job there. Instead, he goes to, to Buffalo where he has zero chance of being the starting quarterback any point of the season unless Josh Allen gets hurt, which no one wants to see. Of course, he had a very good preseason game. Again, I'm not taking too much thought into it. It's a preseason game. And yes, I'm not, I'm not you know, a punk enough to not admit that Mullins has looked terrible compared to this one game. Why do you keep talking about this Mullins? Because he loves to bring it up, so I just got to <laughs> be real. Because he told me yeah. Mullins and Trubisky wasn't that and far And he's, he's uh. infatuated with that thought. Which, you know what? Listen, <laughs> as of right now, I look very wrong. And I probably will be wrong. No, you look wrong in general. Mitch is sense? a pro bowler. Nick Bro, is but, not in, bad. A, in a pro bowl season, he had 24 touchdowns. Uh, th- he barely threw for 3,000 yards. But he did it. Yeah, I oh, I get I got you. And then what do you do the next season? That's a fair point. Regress drastically. Nick Mullins isn't even no. a, a viable backup. Okay, I agree. <laughs> like, Trubisky's See, a viable backup. I'll, let me finish at, my... At, he's uh, behind I'll, Joe Flacco right, right I'll now. finish what I'm saying about Ryan Tannehill and Mitch Trubisky because who cares about Nick Mullins in this situation? <laughs> you, you brought it I'm just. I just said that. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Oh, regardless. Uh, Tannehill also had a torn ACL and came back. It's It's just... Mm. To compare to Ryan Tannehill, there's too many variables that have to go on. That's why I don't even want to entertain this. I just feel like Mitch really doesn't have a, a strong chance to even compete in Buffalo or be a competitor on the Buffalo team to help them win. So he's going to have to go somewhere else, and I just think that there's no real QB situation right now where he can come in and be a difference maker. I'm on record saying that Ryan Tannehill was going to be a franchise quarterback back in 2019 before, well, right when he got his start with the Titans. Because I was like you, you know, he never played bad with the Dolphins. He was always a good quarterback. And I was with Adam Gase. That's why whenever people compared Sam Donald to Tannehill, I pumped the brakes because Sam Donald actually sucks. He's not going to be a good quarterback in the NFL, even with this abundance of weapons in Carolina and Robbie, DJ Moore, Terrence Marshall Jr., CMC. Donald is still not going to be good. He's going to find a way to mess it up. Because that's who Donald is, a turnover machine. Trubisky has actually been a good quarterback. Matt Nagy is not too far off from Adam Gase when you talk about how bad of play callers they are. Adam Gase had one of the had the worst ranked offense with the Jets. Matt Nagy has one of the worst ranked offenses with the Bears the last couple of seasons, and you compare. The Jets roster to the Bears roster, the Bears significantly have more. They have more talent, significantly more talent. There's no doubt about that. Matt Nagy with talent has not been able to do anything. You, you talk about, oh, but he's made the playoffs two of the last three years. Well, one year they went 8-8. Eight and eight. The other year they went 12-4 and four because their defense was so damn elite. Mm-hmm. But Matt Nagy has never had an offense where he has been he has gotten them in like a top 20 in terms of yards. They've always been a bottom 20 offense in terms of yards. And we beat them. Mitch Trubisky, like Tannehill in his rookie year, was mediocre. His second season, 24 touchdowns, 12 INTs, 95 passer rating. 2019, 17 touchdowns, 10, 10 INTs, 83 passer rating. This past season, when the Bears moved from Matt Nagy to Bill Lazor in calling play to calling the plays, he had 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and a 93 passer rating. You look at Tannehill's last three years with Miami, 17-9, and 19-12, 24-12. and 12. 
that looks very similar mm, to, to Mitchell Trubisky's trajectory and what he's on. Will he revive his career in Buffalo? It'll be a start because he will never play over <laughs> Josh Allen unless something crazy happens. Mm. Josh Allen is their franchise quarterback. But it will be the start of him being in a situation where he's wanted, wanted and actually growing as a player. Because right now, he might not play, but like James Winston, he went to New Orleans to learn. Mitch is learning right now. He's getting better as a player. Brian Dable, this past year, was supposed to be a head coach. Who's to say that after this season, he becomes a head coach? And he looks at Mitch and says, you know what? I want you to be my guy. So what teams Um, could Mitch go to? That's the question that's hard. If Vic, let's just say, like, if Vic Fangio gets fired, I what about Carolina? I said if Broncos. Sam fails, Washington could be one too. Fits on a one-year yep, yep, kind of thing. Yep. Let's say Brian Dable, uh, Vic Fangio gets fired, and Brian Dable says, "You know what? They got talent. I want to go to Denver." And he says, "Mitch, you're coming with me." Mm. You know, Denver. You know, Mitch could be Denver Broncos franchise guy. You never See, know. But we spoke about this too. If Mitch was like that, he probably could have went to Washington already and been the starting quarterback. I feel like Mitch, he could have probably done that. I don't know what offers he got, but at the same time, I feel like Mitch said, I just want to learn the game for this year because I don't want to put myself in another bad situation because after that, there's going to be a stain on my career that cannot be washed away. For sure. And I think in, in, in Washington, they have talent, but Scott Turner, their OC, is still an unproven guy. He's not proven as, an, as a play caller yet. Brian Dable is. And I think Mitch Trubisky has put himself in a in a good position. You know, Matt Nagy has now looked bad with Mitch. He's looked bad with Foles. And Foles, I don't think I don't think Foles is a great quarterback, but he's not as bad as what he looked like with the Bears. Mm-hmm. And now so far he's looking horrific with Andy Dalton. I'm just saying, man. Season. I'm just saying, man, Mitch. I believe that Matt Nagy sabotaged Mitch's the start of Mitch's career, and now we are going to see him actually get it back on track. I'm not sure what team is going to get him, but at the end of the day, you know we we didn't see Ryan Tannehill coming, you know, because in 2019 I said the Titans would make the playoffs. I said they would they would win the division. The Colts won it that year, but my reasoning behind that was okay. If Mariota goes down, then Tannehill can step in, and I trust Tannehill. I never expected Mariota to play bad and Tannehill just take the take the job right off there. Like mm-hmm. I didn't expect Mariota to be that bad. So you never know. Mitch can go to a situation and their quarterback can play that bad and now Mitch is the guy. You know, so those situations always happen across the league. We just have to wait and see. You know, maybe Tampa Bay. You never know. After Tom Brady. I was going to say, you're not a fan of Trask, but... I'm not a fan of Trask. They drafted him pretty pretty early, so maybe they give him a chance at least. I mean, he's under Tom Brady, so you never know what That's why I... So is Ryan Mallett. Well, there's that. So is Jimmy G. So is Jacoby Percet. Jacoby Percet wasn't bad. No, they're average quarterbacks. Jimmy G's not average. He's slightly above. That's not saying much, though. His winning percentage is one of the best ever. Yeah, but he's about to lose his spot anyways. I mean, eventually, for sure, I agree, but he's not... He's all right. He's good. He's now, good. At this point in his career, he's yeah. good. He's a good yeah. quarterback. Yeah. I do think Jimmy G's average. If you if you want to say slightly above average, yeah. I'm fine with it. Exactly. You know, it I'm not saying he's a superstar. It's not that big of a he's, discretion. Exactly. He's, okay. he's a good yeah. starter. Yeah. 
good starter. But that winning has more to do with the team and the coach and Shanahan. Yeah, yeah. I think mostly Shanahan. I mean, he lit because I'm like Nagy. Shanahan's actually ago. a good coach. Well, say it one more time. He lit the Saints up a couple years ago. I was going to say, Jimmy but G. even in Jimmy G's few games with the Patriots, he he was successful. Yeah. Also, it's it's, it's the Patriots. Oh man. Just do it's, your it's, best yeah, to keep yeah, not yeah, giving yeah. Jimmy G credit. <laughs> I'm just saying that defense and who I don't even know who those two games were against. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot that goes into it. All I know is that Jimmy G right now is not looking too good. One thing you can say is when he plays, more than likely he'll probably win. Because San Fran, he's in San Fran. Yeah. He knows how to manage a game also. Yeah. But you're right. It's kind of like Teddy helps. Bridgewater. I actually, he doesn't I, win. He doesn't I, win like I wanted like Jimmy, Jimmy G to go to Denver. I would have cried. Why? Been so happy. Oh, oh, like cry for okay. Jimmy G. Yeah, I would have been lit. Only thing is, he can't stay on the field. But when he's on the field, he wins. And we got talent. We yeah. got talent to win. I would have liked that if he went to Me Denver. Too, I, I like Jimmy G. Another quarterback that is trying to revive their his career is Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen got drafted by the Cardinals tenth overall after his first season. Got traded to the Dolphins because they drafted Kyler Murray and and got hired Cliff Kingsbury. In Miami, he wasn't very good. He got cut. Then he went to Tampa Bay, and he was on the practice squad. He got cut from there. And as of recently, he was on the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously, them trading up for a quarterback in the draft made them see that, okay, Josh Rosen isn't that good. And then they cut him as well. And now he recently got picked up by the Atlanta Falcons. When talking about Josh Rosen... A lot of people like to say that he never got a fair shot in the NFL. Where do you stand on that? Do you think Josh Rosen ever got a fair opportunity in the NFL or he's just not good? You can't you can't really say that because it's like he's had situations where he can show his ability, he can show where he can be good. He's being cut in training camps, you know, he's being cut on practice squad. So it's like to say he's never got, you know, he was a top 10 pick. So it's like he's definitely had that opportunity. When you're when you're a high pick, ninety percent of the times you've given the opportunity to show what you can do. Now your team may not be good, the situation around you might not be good, but you've give, been given the opportunity to show your talents and what you can do. And I just think to make that excuse for a guy who just simply hasn't been able to show his ability in the NFL is a pretty wild move. I think most of that is being said is just Josh Rosen fans. I know we we know a Josh Rosen Those fan. Those exist. Yes, it actually does really? exist. Yeah, are you one of those? No, I'm not definitely him. not. No, no, no. We 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 know a Josh. I wasn't high on Josh Rosen before the For draft, real, rightfully so. Yeah, so it's like to say he. Nah, I think it's just he isn't that good. Like he isn't good at playing football. I think he's been given multiple opportunities. He's been able to show what he can do. He hasn't shown it. I think we're all going to say the same thing. I don't know. Maybe you're a wild card. So <laughs> yeah, you definitely. I never, are a wild card. I never know with you. But regardless of that, he got a shot in in Arizona and. People are going to say, you know, he, he he wasn't given that second year. It's Kyler Murray. They had the first pick overall. It's a no-brainer decision. You take Kyler Murray. He's a franchise changer. But in that first season, he played 13 games. It's not like he was like Drew Locke where he only played six games. He played 13 of those games. He was terrible. He threw 11 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. It really wasn't anything close to the word effective or anything close for the Cardinals to think, you know what, this is our guy. We're going to pass on Kyler. We're going to trade back. We're going to get some assets. No. Cliff Kingberry came in. He so he realized, you know what? I want my guy. I I don't like Rosen. I'm gonna go get Kyler. So then they go and they trade him to Miami. Now Miami was an open was an open open competition that he could have won. And he came in, played three games, was one for five, one touchdown, five interceptions, was terrible. 
course he wasn't going to end up playing. But he got multiple chances. Again, like you mentioned, he's getting he's getting training camp opportunities. He's obviously not showing out. If he were showing out, he'd get he'd be a a, a backup spot. You look at Dwayne Haskins, something similar. Dwayne Haskins, extremely similar situation on the Redskins. Gets drafted in the first round. Redskins aren't a fan of his. They cut him. Now he's on the Steelers. He's been impressing on the Steelers. Now he's won the second job. Now he's starting this last game for the Steelers in their preseason because he's impressed them that much. Josh Rosen easily could have had the same opportunities that he did. He just didn't seize them. So anyone that's saying he didn't get a fair shot, it's the NFL. Ultimately, it's a cutthroat league. If you're not performing, you're done. I disagree with that Dwayne Haskins comparison. Dwayne Haskins was in a good situation in Washington. Maybe not his rookie year, but his second year, he definitely was in a good situation with with Ron Rivera, and Haskins messed that up for himself. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. He gets cut, and he goes to Pittsburgh, which is another great situation. Josh Rosen did not get to dictate his destiny. He got traded to Miami, Mm -hmm. an organization at the time that was rebuilding, and they had the slogan, Tank for Tua, Maybe he probably should have changed it to Tank for Herbert because that's the guy who act, who yeah, actually really don't good. regret that statement. Don't regret that statement. No, this trust season. me, I won't regret. All right, bro. When, I won't all right, it. okay. I, I, I'm, on, I'm on record saying that her Tua will never be Herbert. Don't He'll regret that statement Herbert. this season. Josh Rosen, it's weird with him, right? Because he's gotten all these opportunities, so you say, yeah, he's had a shot, and and I'm I'm torn between my answer with this because. I can agree, right? You know, you've been in so many different places and none of them have wanted to keep you. I'm obviously going to look at you first. But in Arizona as a rookie, Steve Wilkes is a head coach. Steve Wilkes is a defensive-minded head coach. They don't have a good offensive play caller. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. They don't have good wide receivers outside of Larry, who was already past his prime. Larry hasn't been Larry for a while now. You for know, sure. he hasn't been good for a while now. Arizona had no talent. He threw 11 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Usually, when you're a high draft pick and you get drafted by a team, that team at least gives you three years to show that you suck, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what happened with the Jets and Sam Donald. You know, Sam Donald got three years to show us he's not good. Mm-hmm. And, and then the Jets, you know, let him go and walked away from Sam Donald and traded him to Carolina. Josh Rosen got that one year unfortunate situation that the Cardinals had the number one overall pick and Cliff Kingsbury was a new coach and he was on record saying, if I had the number one pick, I would draft Kyler Murray. You get traded to Miami, which was an awful situation, and he didn't play well either. One touchdown, five interceptions. Each of those seasons in Miami and Arizona, he has has had a 55% completion percentage. He hasn't been good. No way. What hurts his case more is that once Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, there's all of a sudden this new resurgence of energy in Miami, and Miami is actually competitive. But with Josh Rosen, they were god-awful. They were probably going to not even win a game with him if he played the entire season. Then that's where I think controlling his own destiny starts to come in, right? Because Miami and Arizona, I can give him the benefit of the doubt. You were in a bad situation. I'm not going to blame you for it. But then when he goes to San Fran and they don't want him, Kyle Shanahan, quarterback guru, is looking at you like they compared you to Matt Ryan. Yeah. Shanahan, 
DeRozan is cut. Before that, he went to Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians. They needed a replacement for Tom Brady for after he retires. You know, possibly, who knows? At the rate Brady's going at right now, he might go until he's 60. They need a young quarterback. Josh Rosen, look at him and say, you know what? You're not the guy either. We'd rather have Blaine Gabbert. I'm crying. And now you're going to Atlanta to back up or to at least fight for a spot on the roster and you're going to be watching the guy they compared you to pre-draft in Matt Ryan. You know, can that can he teach him some things? Maybe. But the reason why I feel less bad about Rosen and all of this is 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 the the reason why I feel I don't feel too bad for him is because on draft night you had the infamous quote of saying there were nine mistakes ahead of me. Yeah. And all of those guys were actually the right decision ahead of you. And the only mistake within that top ten. Was you and Sam Donald, of course, but not as bad. Now, that's the only real legitimate mistake was Josh Rosen. That's why I don't feel that bad for Josh Rosen. I think in the beginning, the situation was bad. But then when he started to pick the situations, Tampa Bay, one of the best situations in the league, San Fran. Yeah. And you don't pan out there, it's a you thing. For sure. And if he was more humble about it, I would have been more sympathetic. But the fact that he was cocky about it made me view him in a side-eyed way and say, you know what? You kind of deserve this. Was you it, had this coming. Mac Jones is a little cocky, too. What if Mac Jones ends up being a bust? Would you feel the same way Mac towards Jones him? Mac Jones is not cocky. He's confident. Ah, uh, but so is he. No. that Cocky is different from confidence. I wholeheartedly agree. Mac Jones, never, wholeheartedly came, Mac agree. Jones never came out and said, oh, these 14 teams are going to regret not taking me or... All this other Fair stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mac Jones just believes in his game, and I believe in it too. You know, mm, I think. No, me too. I As think well, Mac definitely. and Cheese is going to be good, man. And and you had the report that said that Mac Jones might be the starting quarterback week one. Facts. You know, obviously Bill Belichick doesn't play around with that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and talking about Mac Jones, we're going to talk about the rookie quarterbacks right now. We've seen two games of the preseason so far. I listed the best quarterbacks, the most impressive to me so far. Number one is obvious. It's Zach Wilson. This shouldn't be a debate. Everybody should have the same opinion worldwide. Zach Wilson has been facing starters or second stringers, whatever you want to call them. He's been facing a mix of them. He's been starting out the games, that's for sure. He has been going up against third stringers, and he's been making the most realistic NFL throws. And he just pops. Second is Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been slinging it like he was slinging it in Ala- at Alabama. I thought he was great at Alabama. I thought he was going to transition well into the NFL. It's happened so far. Three for me is Justin Fields. Even though he's been going up against the worst competition out of all these guys outside of Trey Lance, Fields has been able to improvise. And I do sympathize with the fact that he is coached under Matt Nagy right now, right? You know, Matt Nagy, I'm not high on Matt Nagy at all. Number four for me is Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is four. This guy. He's shown me flashes. And Trey Lance, the problem with him is that all of his balls are hard. All he does is throw fast balls. He doesn't yep. throw any balls with touch. His balls are hard and rock <laughs> solid. It's hard to catch his balls. Number five, Trevor Lawrence. To I was me, waiting for Kellen Mond or something. To me, the worst of the first-round quarterbacks so far 
has been Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence does not look generational. He does not look Andrew Luck-esque. I never thought he was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, rookie season, took a Colts team to the playoffs that was just 2-14. and 14. Luck was different. He had Luck on his side. Trevor Lawrence is not that. To me, he has not been impressive. I'm expecting more out of Trevor Lawrence. Let me know what you guys agree and don't agree with it. Well, agree with. you know, I think to start it off, I think all five have been at least okay. You know, I think they've all been good in the situations, whether it be, you know, against second stream or third stream. I think they've all been good in the situations they've been put in and they've all been playing well. Number one, I can't, you know, deny that. Zach Wilson, he's been just doing – he's been honestly pretty amazing, phenomenal – making throws. His arm strength is ridiculous. His accuracy has been on point. He's been, he's just been different. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's been great. Mac Jones also, you know, stepping in. He was phenomenal when he played. Justin Fields, like you said, even though it was against second streams, you know, he, he showed a little bit of that running ability that we know about. He showed a little bit of that arm strength. He's been good. Trey Lance. But I think, you know, your list is valid because, like you said, Putting in just off what they've done, you know, Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked like Andrew Luck, you know, especially bringing in the fact that all the hype that was surrounded around these guys coming in, Trevor Lawrence was projected to be the next Andrew Luck. He's been talked about since he was like a freshman in college. He was supposed to be generational. So even though it's just preseason, talking from just a preseason standpoint, he hasn't looked what he should have looked like when he, you know, started playing. He should be number one on this list. He should look the best, but it's looking like Zach Wilson and Mac Jones to me, and then it's like a gap, and then it's the next three. I think those two have just looked phenomenal and outright much better than the other three. But the other three have been looking good, too. So you're right, Zach Wilson. I'll just skip over that. <laughs> Obvious. He's 100% be. been the best. The one thing that stands out to me is his pocket presence, though. Already he looks like he is he years points. into yeah. the to his career. His ability to, to understand that the pocket's collapsing – finesse his way out of there, still make a crazy throw, tight spiral, right in the money. He's been he has been unbelievably impressive, no doubt about it. It's I, the smile for me. Yeah, I know. And and it's what about definitely. his what about his legs? Something about his legs, oh, right? Yeah, his legs are thick. There's definitely some ass on those thighs. <laughs> yeah. First, when I saw him, Zach Wilson got that. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, man. That was funny. Uh, but I think it's been a little bit of a drop. Then I would say Mac Jones. I'd be. I'd feel like Zach Wilson's been that impressive to me. Mac will. Uh, Mac Jones really has looked good, but he hasn't thrown a touchdown yet, which I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see how he gets into the end zone because that's Teddy's thing. You know, Teddy can move the ball down the field, but he can't get into the end zone yeah. like that. Uh, I do think that he's done a good job of moving the chain so far, but I want to see him get into the end zone a little bit more. I agree, Justin Fields, 100. Uh, percent I would say Trevor over. Lance, I feel Lance really, like you said, I feel like he's a little bit too tight right now, and he's trying to to force some some balls in there and, and put a little bit extra velocity on them when he doesn't need to. I feel like with experience, he'll learn to to pick and choose when to do that, and and he'll understand. Okay, I need to throw a, a fastball here. Okay, I need to put a little bit touch and a little bit finesse on this ball here. I feel as if you know we're being a little bit too too critical on Trevor. He's had some good moments to throw to Marvin Jones. He had a nice play where he's scrambling out of the pocket to his opposite side, makes a throw still, gets hit, completes the pass. Nice play there. But it's been tough because he's he's obviously put in a position where he's on the worst team in the league. He's he is talent wise now with the moves that they've made. You know they definitely have done some things to to try and put him in a better situation. But regardless of that fact. The team is still not great. That O-line still needs to be addressed. He's been sacked three times in two games. 
he needs more help on that offensive line. I'm not going to be too critical. I've seen some good things out of him. I've seen some not so good things out of him. But again, it's the preseason. I'm not going to look too deep into it. But solely off what we've seen in the preseason, your list isn't too far off. I'd just switch Lance and, and Lawrence. But Zach Wilson has been that guy for sure. I probably should have prefaced my statement by saying first that all of them have been pretty good. None of them have for sure have screamed out bust to me. None of them, to they haven't played like it. Obviously, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is generational. I think he's very good, but not generational. Do you think he, he could be a top five quarterback in the league one day? Because that's what generational means to me. Yeah. yeah. No. Oof. Okay. That's, I like that's that. reserved I like for the Zach. stone cold that's, face. That's reserved for Zach Wilson. They both could be. Nah, Zach Wilson got that. Okay. There's a gap between Zach and Trevor. Oh, easy. Easy. Gap. Gap is, I, I told gap you. Is crazy. I, I told you. You did. Off the you podcast did. Did. that Trevor Lawrence's moment. My bad, bro. Trevor Lawrence's shining moment was as a freshman when he won the national championship game against Alabama. After, I agree with it. After that game, everybody anointed him as the next quarterback prospect, the next future number one pick that's going to turn a franchise around, which I think is unfair for any 19-year-old to go through. He was the number one ranked quarterback. Fields is number two, I think, in that, in that high school class. But Trevor Lawrence, when you look at what he's done after that, and even in that national championship game, he had mistakes. And these past two years in college, Trevor Lawrence in big-time games has not played well. That's right. But because people have already become accustomed to everybody anointing him as the next Luck, as the next Peyton, people overlook all of his flaws. I think he's good. He has, He's 6'6". He has the size most definitely. But there are some things there that it makes you question it a little bit. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying that I don't think he's Luck or Peyton coming out of college. I don't think he was as polished as a prospect as them coming out of college. I, I think Zach Wilson fits more into that line of guys than Lawrence. And I don't even think Wilson was as polished as Luck coming out of college or Payne. Obviously, I saw Luck. I didn't see Payne. Coming out of college, Luck to me was different. Wilson, even though I love Wilson, he wasn't as polished as a prospect as Luck. There were some concerns with Wilson, although to me, not many. I want to talk about Trey Lance because... To me, he was the rawest of the quarterback prospects. And the only reason why I have faith that he's going to pan out is because of Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. And he ran an offense similar to, to that in college. And Trey Lance, to me, he does have a great arm. He has a lot of velocity on his throws. But that's also a problem because all of his throws, if even if it's a five-yard route, he's throwing it 100 miles per hour. And his his balls are hard to catch. And Chris Sims, he does an amazing job covering these QBs. He's mentioned that as a flaw of Trey Lance's. That's why I don't think right now they should trot him in, trot him out right away. I think Justin Fields, if he starts week one, week one, I'd be comfortable with it. I think Fields can handle it. After seeing him in the preseason, Fields, I feel like has cleaned up a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't trust Matt Nagy, so I think that could be. Fields' is downfall. I don't think they should start Fields week one. I feel I like you're Dolan right. Go is going to start. No, don't. Yeah, they said that he's going to be the starter. But regardless of that, we saw Mahomes sit a whole season. If Mahomes can sit a whole season, anyone can sit a whole season. It's that plain and simple. Again, 
this Bears team right now is not good. That O-line is one of the worst in the league, in my opinion. Allen Robinson is a very good weapon. Mooney is up and coming for sure. Cole Komet is another up and coming talent. But I, Mooney is more established, established as he's shown more. Komet is going to break out relatively soon. Oh. But regardless of that, Montgomery is really solid. But you can't do much when you don't have an O line. You can make adjustments and read defenses and try to to place your guys in the best position possible for sure. But at the same time, it it comes to a point where when you don't have time and you know, he is mobile, and that's going to benefit him. You don't want him right off, right away to be put in a situation where he's running for his life. Yeah. So that's I just, why I think Fields is better, though. Because yeah. Oh, definitely. The offensive line is horrible. If you have Dalton back there, he's going to get destroyed. It, definitely. It kind of, like, I kind of related to, like, the Wentz and Hurts situation, you know, because our offensive line was banged up and pretty bad, and Wentz was getting sacked a lot. When we put Hurts in, you know, he was able to run out, escape the uh, – defensive line and get out of there so I think good comparison and you know with the Mahomes and Smith thing yeah I get it you know Mahomes you know great guy great talent he sat for a year but Andy Dalton isn't Alex Smith you know so and okay. and Mad Nagy isn't Andy Reid yeah, and the Chiefs sure. aren't the Bears the Chiefs were kind of in like playoff mode at the moment I don't think the Bears I, I think we can all agree don't think I don't know maybe they do think I don't think they think they're in playoff mode right now so I think mm-hmm. you know why not just rip the band-aid off and just Start fields. He, you know, the offensive line is bad, but where's Andy? Andy Don can't run. He's not a runner. You know, he's probably going to take some hits. And you, you should, you, you should want to know what you have faster than later. You know, you don't want to wait and see. Yeah, you would rather understand what you have right now. So I think maybe he should probably start. Maybe not week one, but I definitely think he should start probably like about week four, week five, so you can figure out what you have. I agree with that sentiment to a degree. I just, I just think with. The fact that they traded up for him, I know that they believe in him already. I don't want them to kill his confidence mm. and him coming in and him playing bad or him not being put in a position to be to play good. You mentioned it. You don't think Nagy's a good head coach? I disagree to a degree. I feel like you know he doesn't have the talent necessary yet, but I feel like Justin Fields is a step in that right direction. They put an O line in, in his, you know they 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 set him up with a good O line. I feel like Justin Fields would be put in a better situation. But you're right that Jalen Hurts Carson Wentz situation is a perfect comparison. Carson Wentz isn't as mobile. Andy Dolan isn't as mobile. Both those guys you mentioned are mobile QBs. It'll definitely benefit them. But I don't want to to put him in a position this early into his career yeah. where it's going to kill his confidence. I'm pleasantly surprised at the fact that we are now looking at Zach Wilson and we're saying, wow, he's in a top two situation. You know, Mac Jones, I think, is no, at number one. Trey Lance, you, you can put up there as well. I think he's in a great situation Trey as Lance well. Trey Lance is in a better situation. But I, but I do think Trey Lance is not going to play right away. Yeah. I see Mac or Zach or Fields, Lawrence, they're all going to play this season. There's a possibility Trey Lance doesn't play at all this season. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at Wilson like he's in a top two situation. Mike LaFleur coming from San Fran, the brother of Matt LaFleur, who has had a lot of success in Green Bay. He is our offense coordinator. We're going to run a lot of play-action plays for Zach Wilson, making the game easy for him so he doesn't have to do too much. All I heard before the draft and after the draft was that Lawrence and the Jaguars were a better situation than than Zach Wilson and the Jets. That's all I heard pre-draft. And now, after two preseason games, we're looking at the Jaguars like, they actually suck. Yeah, (laughs) They're actually not good. Urban Meyer looks way over his head. Daryl Bevel is not a good O.C., these plays are bad. The offensive line is horrific. 
even though Brandon Linder has not been playing, they have been missing their offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You know, at the same time, Lawrence and the Jaguars, they don't look so good right now. Obviously, it's just a preseason, so we'll see what happens. But like I said on Twitter, I, I am overreacting to the preseason. And I don't <laughs> I care. Know. I know. I'm overreacting. Of you are. I love that tweet, yeah. though. But I, but I know that some of these things are going to translate well. Mm. Now, maybe not Ma- all. Mainly Zach. Well, Zach, of course. Yeah. And that's a given. That's a given. I agree. That yeah. was a given since November. Yeah, without a doubt. That was going to happen, right? Yo, you better hope you're not wrong. Oh, Bro, yeah, I, you I literally just sat here with wrong. the exact same thought. Like, it yo, would be something. It would be a travesty on the world. It's not happening. It's not happening. It shouldn't happen. I'll double down with you. It's not happening. Zach Wilson is going to be I know Zach Wilson is a guy, man. Zach. Look, and I was watching a video um, of him mic'd up. I used to watch videos of Sam Donald mic'd up, right? And in the video, it was against the Colts and Sam Donald. They're about to go on this uh, last-minute drive, this two-minute this two minute drill. Mm-hmm. And Sam Donald just goes up to the lineman and says, let's put a dagger in their hearts. Let's do it, guys. He just doesn't sound like somebody you... And I, I, I saw that, I heard that, and I said, this guy isn't the guy, man. You know, e- even though Sorry, even man. though I tried to be on the Sam bandwagon, after I heard that, I just said, oh, man, nah, I, he just doesn't do it for me. I heard Zach Wilson pump up the guys. And I heard him, and I just heard Tom Brady's voice. I'm not even joking. When he talked, I said, wow. Zach Wilson actually has the same birthday as Tom Brady. It's fascinating. Probably a reincarnation, right? I just heard Zach. Zach Wilson, when he spoke and he pumped up his team, I got flashbacks of Drew Brees and a who dat chant with the Saints. I got got a Tom Brady vision. That's a guy. That's a leader. That's a natural born leader. Natural born. (laughs) <laughs> Yo, Zach, what's going to be so great? Yo, oh, my gosh. She's going to be so great. It's just so cool to me because everybody was bashing him. Yeah. I'm, I'm on this bandwagon all the way. Are you going to wait to, to, he hasn't proven are you gonna wait to drop his rookie stats, or do you have an idea of where he's going to be? 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Really? Rookie, rookie season, 26-12? Yeah. Yo, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. Yeah. How many yards? Over under three. Over three, I I'm gonna say right, three thousand five hundred. Okay, I was gonna say over under three five. Yeah, I'm gonna say three thousand five hundred. I don't think it's over four K. That would be crazy. I think it's three thousand five hundred twenty six tugs, twelve touchdowns. He's gonna ball out. I got you. Twelve interceptions. Yeah, and I have season tickets. So I'm I'm gonna go to all these home games and see it live in person. <laughs> That's gonna be awesome, bro. I mean, I was at practice today at training camp, and he was playing, and I said, "Let's go, Zachary." Uh-huh. I was Zachary. over there. I was saying, think "Let's he heard go. you." Probably did. Yeah. Because he looked at me and he winked and I said, looked at him. You winked at another grown man. And he and I went like this. <laughs> yeah, this guy's crazy. Uh, Zach Wilson's going to be great. I can't wait. Talking about the New York Jets, one of the downsides of our season is that Carl Lawson had a season-ending injury. Ruptured Achilles, which is basically torn Achilles. He is done for the year. He signed into a three-year, $45 million deal. How big of a blow is this for the Jets? I don't think we had playoff aspirations at all this season. But I I was excited to see our offensive line. I thought we were going to have a top 10 offensive line. Wow, really? I do think so. I think with Carl Lawson, Quinnen Williams, John Franklin. defensive line? Yeah. 
Defensive line. I'm sorry, you said you offense. Said offense. That's right. I apologize. Okay. John Franklin Myers, Sheldon Rankins. I thought we were going to be very good, but obviously this put a, a thorn in all of those plans. What do you expect for the Jets now, now that Carl Lawson is done? I mean, you know, I saw you guys. I saw some report uh, yesterday that you guys were kind of like creeping on being in the Chandler Jones uh, sweepstake. So I think that would be a huge move. But I think you have to pay him the money he, he wants to keep him around. But nonetheless, I think, you know, Carl Lawson is going to be a big loss. Like you said, I don't think you guys were in playoff aspirations this year. You guys just wanted to compete, you know, improve, work work on getting that continuity together. Zach Wilson, you know, showing what he could do. Same with the other rookies. So I think, you know, him being out for this year isn't going to hurt you guys as much because, you know, like I just said, you weren't in playoff aspirations. And I think you guys have enough depth on that defensive line where you may not be top 10, but you'll be a good enough defensive line where you can still, you know, make some damage on the other offensive lines, make some noise, maybe top 15 type-ish. But I think at the same time, you know, three years, 45 mil, he just ruptured his Achilles. You know, that's that's a pretty tough injury. But I think, you know, for this year alone, it doesn't really affect you guys too much because, you know, like I said, playoff aspirations wasn't in your mind. Hate to beat a broken drum, but he's 100% right. It's unfortunate. Jets, I've been saying it. I've been saying it for a little while now. I think this year is going to be a good start for the Jets. I think next season is when we actually start to see the emergence of the Jets, actually start seeing them make playoff pushes, becoming a playoff team. I think they need this offseason to still add pieces to that offensive line, still add pieces to that secondary. But I do believe the Jets, Jets' time is coming very soon, and Zach Wilson was a big piece of that. Corey Davis signing was a big piece of that, too. They still need. I still want to see another, excuse me, Elijah Moore. I don't want to disrespect him. Elijah Moore is going to be the real deal. Unfortunately, he's dealing with some injury, but he should be back relatively soon. And he's going to be exciting to watch, especially with Zach Wilson. But you lose Carl Lawson, that definitely does hurt. It hurts guys like Quinnen Williams. hurts guys like Rankins, you said, I, be, I believe his name is. It hurts those. It hurts mostly Quinnen because Quinnen has a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He was a high draft pick. He's supposed to be the guy on this defensive line. And Lawson would have taken some pressure off of him and allowed him to get to the quarterback much easier and not have as much pressure on Williams' shoulders. Now, same thing, yet again, another season where Quinnen's going to be asked to be your best defensive lineman. And it's definitely possible they can do that. He was very good last season, and I'm, I'm definitely looking to him to improve this year, but you would have liked to have Lawson there to give him that security blanket. And in terms of you guys in the playoffs this season, it wasn't going to happen regardless. So it's not, it's not anything to really hurt about. You get him back hopefully next season where I do believe you guys can make some noise, and hopefully you guys have more pieces already put in place for next offseason and and maybe you guys make some noise then, but in terms for this season, it hurts, but it shouldn't hurt too bad. We are actually talking about the Jets right now. That's what went through my mind as you guys were talking. That's why it's important to have one of the hosts on the show be a fan of a team. Because if none of us were Jets fans, the Jets would not be on here. I guarantee you that. Outside of talking about Zach Wilson, of course. Mm-hmm. But the Jets, no playoff aspirations. When Carl Lawson got hurt, I was sad. I was saddened by the injury. This guy's been through so much. He already has two ACL tears. Mm. He's recovered from two ACL injuries, and now you have an Achilles on top of that. This guy has been through three career-ending injuries, and he still comes back better and better from them. Hopefully the same can be said this time around. He's had a five-and-a-half sacks the last two seasons, and his pressure rate 
is as good as a top defensive lineman in the NFL. Last year, his pressure rate was just as good as Khalil Mack. He didn't finish off his sacks because the Bengals had no pressure from the inside, but with the Jets, that would have been a different story. As far as our defensive line, I think Franklin Myers, Fadakazi, Quentin Williams, Sheldon Rankins are all good. The wild cards there are like Ronald, Blair, Bryce, Huff, and Nathan Shepard. But a report came out from Adam Schefter himself that Joe Douglas is going to push to make a trade for a defensive end. You know, is it Chandler Jones? I hope so, because if we can have Chandler Jones and Carl Lawson and Quinnen next year, oh my gosh, good luck. Good luck. But it probably won't be Chandler Jones. I think the Cardinals want that duo of Watt and Jones on their team. It could be Derek Barnett or Josh Sweat from the Eagles. Probably not Josh Sweat, probably Derek Barnett. Josh Sweat staying, boy. It it could be one of those guys, you know. So I think Joe Douglas will make a move. He has always been a good GM. Thus far, he's been good. So I think he'll make a move. But even though Lawson got hurt, I am still excited and optimistic for the Jets because Elijah Moore, I love him as a receiver. Daniel Jeremiah actually predicted his stats, and he believes Moore is getting over 1,000 yards receiving this season. And I know you wish you had him on fantasy. Nah, Rashard Beeman's going to prove me right. Feeling okay, good about that. we'll see. Feeling good about that. But 1,000 yards, given the fact that Corey Davis is on the squad, that's insinuating both of them are going to have over 1,000. Do you believe that? Zach Wilson is a real deal. He's a real deal. Yo, you can't be wrong at this point. Like, with the Zach, you cannot be wrong. And also, like you said, you know, Zach Wilson. I'm very excited to see Zach Wilson play. When I was at training camp today and I was watching the Jets practice, wow, our corners are bad. Yeah, they're terrible. Our corners are bad. Like, even when when you see them, see them on paper, you go, wow, this is one of the most untalented secondary groups in the NFL. Okay. When you see them in person... It verifies that information. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else. No, no. Because I, I saw Bless Austin get beat. I saw Bryce get Hall torched. get beat. Our secondary is bad. I wish we would have kept Brian Poole. So now that our defensive line is taking a hit and our linebacking core is, is gonna be okay, but Gerard Davis is out. A lot of people had high expectations for him, and now our secondary is bad. Our defense is going to be bottom twenty in the NFL. Yeah. In my opinion, it will be bottom twenty unless these guys what surprise about me. Though? The deal, I think our, our run-stopping yeah. game will be top 10, no doubt. What's the expectation of Mosley also? Yeah, without last year we were top five. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Mosley's expectation this year for I you. think Mosley will be great. Great? Yes, I think he'll Even be after great. missing basically two full seasons? I think he'll be great still. Okay. He's been great so far on camp. I think, he, I think he'll okay. do his thing. All right. But outside of Mosley, there's not really linebackers you can trust. You know, Blake Cashman, I don't really trust him like that. Did you get a chance to see Mosley today? Not really. You're yeah, focused on Zach. Yeah. I got to see Mosley, but I wasn't really watching the defense because the, where I was sitting, it was mostly offense okay. outside of like the two-minute drill stuff when they went and came and practiced. Uh, Another that's what question. I saw. Michael Carter, how did he look today? He looked pretty good. Okay. He looked pretty good. Jalen Hurst actually looked good. Devontae Smith was torching the really? Jets. Really? Nice. I Devontae love to hear that. Smith was I love torching to hear the that. Jets. You have him on your fantasy team. I do team. have him, I, yeah. I saw Devontae him. was what? He was torching the Jets. Yeah, that's what I like yeah. to hear. What about Watkins? Quez Watkins. How did he look? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, wide receiver. I didn't, no, he's, I didn't yeah, he's actually going to be the starting uh, slot receiver for them. That's why I was wondering. Oh, well, no, I didn't see him. Actually, uh, Greg Ward made a good play. Okay. Greg, Greg Ward. Ward. Yeah, Greg ah. made a good play. Wait, Joe Flacco actually. Quiz is starting? Yeah. 
Over Rieger? Yes. No, 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 no. Rieger's going to play the outside no, with Devontae. No, Smith and Fulgham are playing Fulgham's outside. Fulgham's not going to start over Rieger. I don't know about that one. Fulgham definitely impressed last season, but Rieger... Fulgham is our best wideout. No, he is not. Yes, he is. On the outside, yes, Tr- he is. Trust me. Rieger, the plays that he's been making this preseason, bro has know, looked man. dumb. I don't he's know. He's looked crazy. Oh, oh, so I actually thought about it. The, the wide receivers I told him that were going to be good from that draft were... Claypool, or Rager, Mims. Michael Michael Pittman. I mentioned Michael Pittman. You said Mims. Mims. Don't forget um, that. <laughs> don't forget that. <laughs> Who else did I you say? Said, I like, you said like you sent me twelve guys. Like it was it's a hard bad. To miss yeah, it was point. bad receivers. But regardless, I will say Rieger, bro. Look at the highlights this preseason. preseason make no. it, I listen. I agree wholeheartedly. That being said, bro, you can Travis Fulton led the team in receiving yards. I last agree, year. but you, they're probably gonna bank on on. On potential over what Fulgham did, to be honest. I mean, with when you. Rager was in the, on the outside last year, he really was. I agree with you, but this is a we'll new see, season. We'll see. We'll exactly. See. We'll see. Oh think, yeah, okay. These are the receivers I. I, I mentioned. think Smith and Fulgham should start. I told him Chenault was going to be good. Yeah. Mims. Uh, R.I.P. I don't know if I said Brandon Ayuk. I don't think I really scouted him that. I said Rager. Mm-hmm. Um, K.J. Hamler. I mentioned him as well as a speedster. I hope. Um. He looked good it. this preseason. I actually missed on guys, though. I missed on Jefferson. I, I did. I didn't think he was going to be this good. Justin? Yeah. T. Higgins, I thought, was too slow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I was too high on Higgins. We'll see he missed how on he two ends big up. ones. Wow. Nah, nah, nah. I missed on big easy, ones. Yeah. Easy, Higgins. Higgins is really good. He's good. No, Higgins is really good. No, yeah. He is really, good, really good, but Tyler Boyd is still like that. Jamar Chase. That makes them even better because Higgins is like that, true, too. True, true. Oh, oh, yeah. I said... Pittman, Chenault, Hamler, Claypool, Van Jefferson as well. And he stinks. No, you said he Mooney too. Played. Don't forget, you said Mooney. Oh, yeah, Mooney too. Mooney. I said All right, Mooney's Mooney. solid. Yeah, I love Mooney. I I'm going I'm to give you credit with you. You said I'm Mooney. I'm upset because I'm a big Anthony Miller guy because I just have him in fantasy, and he stinks. Oh, you said Scotty Miller too. Scotty Miller, was, he wasn't drafted. No, you just brought him up. Randomly, yeah, Scotty though. Miller yeah. is good. Yeah, Solid. Yeah, if, if it wasn't for them getting Antonio Brown, he yeah. would have had such a bigger impact. I was just like a random. We was talking about the Bucks. You just brought up Scotty Miller. Yeah, Scotty Miller is such a speedster. Yeah. He is fast as yeah, hell. He's a, he, if he he can be a really good receiver if he goes and starts somewhere, but because he's with the Bucks, you have Evans, Godwin, Brown. Gronk. Where, where do you fit? Yeah, yeah, Gronk. But I'm talking about just receivers. Like, where do you fit there? Like, you don't fit you there don't at all. Yeah, He'll but way. Miller is good though. When he's got when he before Brown was there, Miller was showing out. He was doing his thing. On to the next topic: the Washington Football Team are still named the Football Team, which means they don't have a name, and they have narrowed it down to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight names. But I'm told out of these eight names, they have narrowed it down to three. I believe I'm not sure which one of those names are, but. Let's look at these names. I'm going to name them, and I'm going to ask you guys, do you like it or do you not like it? The first one is Armada. Washington Armada. So Washington Armada. Armada. No. Trash. It's a trash name? I think it's trash, We have a trash sound because we need it. I'm undefeated. No, that's not it. I think it's the one on top of it. No, the other one. The green one. That one. The one on top. Yeah, none of them are the ones. I'm cool with that. We just played around with all the sounds. Why not? So Washington at Armada, not a good name? No. Yay or nay? Nay. Trash. Okay. You, uh, that wasn't the question. No, I know, but I, I'm a different breed. Nay. So next next name, 
Washington presidents. Nay. This sounds like an album. It makes sense, which is why I don't absolutely hate it. I hate it. It's funny, which is why I like it, so I'm in. Yay. Washington Brigade. No. no. Or Brigade. It's one of those. Brigade or Brigade. Nay. Nay. It sucks, too. Washington Red Hawks. Okay. I don't it like, sounds like a, throwing it sounds in like red a hockey because team. there's another one that they're going to have with red, truthfully. So I'm I th- personally don't like the Hogs. I think Hog sounds like a pig. It sounds ugly. Wait, it's Hogs. Hogs? It's not Hogs. Hawks. I think you said Hawks. Oh, never no, mind. No, not nay. Hawks. Yeah, nay. Hogs. Nay. Like H O G Z. Yeah, nay. I thought you said Hawks. H O G S. I like how original it is. So, yay. You're annoying. Next name Washington Commanders. Again, it makes sense. 50 50. But presidents is better than commanders, so nay. I agree. It sounds like a G League team. Yeah. Commanders. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like something out of Battleship. That's how Armada sounds. A bunch of these. I feel like I'm playing Washington NCAA. Defenders. I feel like that's a hockey thing. And offense is more incorporated. So defenders, what are they really defending? So no, I'm out. Washington's defense is very OD, so it kind of makes sense. True. Right now, yeah, yeah exactly. It, it could be bad. Because then how many times are you going to hear if their defense is bad? Is it, what do we call the defenders for? Yeah, I'm going to scream nay on that one. And then I think these are the best two, in my opinion. Washington Red Wolves. I like that one. There you go. You're so indecisive. Like, what's a Red Wolf? I don't know. What is it? What's a Red Hog? Hogs are, are, are red. Say word. <laughs> So I don't know what a hog is. <laughs> I thought they a were hog? like pink. It's like yeah. a, a beefier pig. Okay. Oh, so oh, it is a pig. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, so it's a, okay. Exactly. Uh, right, so I'm out. You're out on Red Wolves. I am. Now the last name is a team they currently have, the Washington football team. Ding, 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 ding. That's trash. That I hate saying it. Name is fire. Name no. is fire. Washington. So you think, you think Washington should keep their name with the Washington football team? I 100% think so. You think about it like this. They're the only team that could say we are the football team. Are you serious? That is fire. That is the dumbest that, shit I've ever heard in my life. In hindsight, I understand where you're coming from because you need a team name. But they're the boring. football team. It is boring. I like the one you name, said. I like, um, what's the one you said before? Red Wolves. I like Red Wolves. Washington Red Wolves. Just doesn't hit me like the football team. They don't even either have to be called or, Washington Either that anymore. one or Presidents. They don't even have to be called Washington anymore. I think presidents is tacky. With the Washington presidents, that sounds tacky. Fair, I agree, but Washington it sounds football. So, I'm not saying that. Bro, I'm, I'm not. Even have, you're fine. Just call them the football team. That's stupid that too. That is tough. There was 30 football teams. No, in the there's league. not. There's one. No, it's, it's Washington. No, no you got to add Washington. No, you but don't. You're just saying the football team. If you know football, which I'm sure you do, and someone says the football team, you know who they're referring to. I like Red Wolves. I honestly like Red. I'm gonna be honest. Actually, Red Wolves is the best one by far outside of the football team. But all of these names suck. I agree. And, oh, and yeah. the fact that they narrowed it down to these names and now they narrowed it down three between these. I don't know. It's gonna. be. I like Red Hogs. I'll throw, throw Red Hogs in there. I don't like Red Hogs. <laughs> no, I don't. I Just don't. think of like you, there's wolves. Like did you guys even like Con, Redskins? The Huskies. What? I actually like the name. I did too. Yeah. Not even. I like the Redskins, Washington Redskins. Yeah, it's unfortunate that there's racial undertones in that. Yeah, so. like aside yeah. from the racist part, I like the name. It was actually, you know. You know cool. how crazy that sounds? I know. Like, <laughs> aside <laughs> from the racist part. Yeah, like right. Name. At first, I was upset at them because instead of, you know, completely changing their name like the Indians are going to do to the Guardians in baseball, they decided, you know what? 
I'd rather not give us a team name at all. We're going to call ourselves the football team. So I was mad at them. So then as time went on and I realized and it sat with me, they're the football team. I was just like, it's absolutely brilliant. Mm. I don't understand why they would need another name, truthfully. I actually seen a uh, a a dude, an Indian dude on TikTok, I think. Or it was on Twitter. Or it was one of those. That <laughs> he was memeing basically the name, the Washington Redskins. Because people, you know, when they change the name, a lot of guys, a lot of guys were offended by it, saying, "Oh, why do you got to change it?" All this other stuff. So an Indian guy wore a shirt, and it had like a white guy on the shirt, uh-huh. and it had like crackers on it. Oh, <laughs> like snap! And then he was like, he was like, "Yeah, so we can just do this, yeah, right, right for real." Yeah. No, that's that pretty. Per- that's pretty much the exact same thing. What he was going for. I actually never knew. Um, what the Redskins meant, but I think it was a uh, is basically from what I can understand, the name comes from they called Indians Redskins, mm-hmm. like, but it was a certain tribe. It wasn't like all Native Americans. It was a certain tribe that they called Redskins, mm-hmm. and Redskins is a tribe name. If I'm not mistaken, I could research that up. I don't want to be. I don't want to be uh-huh. wrong, but. I'm going to search it up right now. It also just has to do with the fact that Americans came in. We took their land. They didn't want Okay, so Redskin is a slang term for Native Americans in the United States and First Nations in Canada. The term Redskin underwent pejoration through the 19th to early 20th centuries, and in contemporary dictionaries of American English is labeled usually offensive, disparaging, insulting, or taboo. So, yes, it is. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. It is a slang term. Not good. Yeah. It's crazy how they had it for so long without changing it. And the Indians, too. It's like people kept drilling them, change this, change this, change this. They refused because there's history behind the team, but there's things bigger than the game. Yeah, it took them a while. Too long. On to the last portion of the show. We're going to give our AFC West record predictions, and we are going to start off with the best team in the AFC West the Broncos? Record-wise, last season, uh, definitely not the Broncos, not them. Might not be top two. Yeah, yeah, shut up. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think they are going to do this season? What do you think the record is going to be? I'll go first. Oh, I think wow. they will be 14-3. and 14-3 and three for me as well? Kind of just like 14-3 and three for me. <laughs> the reason why is because I think the biggest problem last year was their offensive line. They fixed that this year. Their run game also wasn't very good last year. There wasn't much balance to the offense, but that co- that directly correlates with the offensive line not being so great, and their linebacking core wasn't awesome, even though Willie Gay Jr. was a good rookie. Yep. Anthony Hitchens has always been average. You know, this offseason, they drafted Nick Bolton. They drafted Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. Lucas Niang is back. And I, I'm surprised that the Chiefs are – trotting out this offensive line that features three rookies. You know, Creed Humphrey is going to be the starting center. Trey Smith is going to be the starting guard. And Lucas Neing is going to be the starting right tackle. That's a surprise to me. But that shows me that they beat their guys out, right? You know, Niang beat Mike Vermers out. Trey Smith beat Laurent Duvernay out. Creed Humphrey beat Austin Blythe out. And Austin Blythe is a good center. So the fact that these guys beat those guys out means that these players are the real deal. And with Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown, I think 
Their offensive line will be much improved. Andy Heck, their offensive line coach, deserves a lot of credit for how he has developed these guys. And in their preseason game, they looked pretty good. They had good push. The only thing I'm worried about with the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes' injury. I'm not sure how significant it, it is, the turf toe, because in his preseason game against the Cardinals, he didn't look fantastic. But also, it's just preseason. We know what Mahomes is. To me, he's the best quarterback, if not the second best behind Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. He is that special. He is that great. Also, their offensive line, right? Because they are young. Mm-hmm. They are they are they are showing flashes right now, but having three rookies starting is always a concern. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how they'll be. You got Aaron over Tom right now? Yes. Yes. I, I love yeah, Tom. Tom. I, I love Tom Brady. No, but, I'm just asking, you know, yeah. he just you know just had a great year and then just won the Super Bowl. I'll give I'll give Aaron his credit. He duked it out with Tom. He came back down a ridiculous margin, almost won the game, if not for a head coaching decision that ended up costing him. But regardless of that, it's not too yeah, far Yeah, that's what I had to ask. You know, he just beat him. Then he went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. So my biggest concern for the Chiefs has to be their secondary. I mean, aside from Matthew, Sorensen showed flashes, but he's not a game-changing safety. Ward is is he's pretty good. He's not anything excellent. Mike Hughes is all right. I'm not a huge fan of their secondary. What do you think? Do you think that they're going to be good enough that they'll be able to float above water? Because I think that just because of their offense, they're going to win games. That's why I have them winning 14 games. They have the best quarterback, wide receiver, tight end combination in all of football by far. You have obviously the best quarterback, obviously the best tight end. Some could argue Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver. I don't believe he is the best. I think he's top three. I don't think Kelsey's obviously the best tight end. Really? Kittle is alive. And well, and breathing. In my opinion, I'm taking Waller over Kittle. So you said Waller, Waller, Darren from Waller from 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 Las Vegas. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, um, but regardless of that, okay. th- this secondary was tolerable last season, and Tyron Matthew definitely held it down. But he's another year older. I don't doubt that he's going to be good. That you know, he's not going to be what Tyron Matthew is. But these other guys, I definitely question their ability to to hold their own. And we saw in the Super Bowl. Them get light up, get lit up by Tampa Bay. Of course, Tampa Bay is a high-powered offense, but who's not to say that they can't get clipped like that by the Bills or, let's say, the the Packers? Just teams like that that have good quarterbacks, good wide receiver weapons. The secondary talent-wise is not good enough to compete with elite talent. I think Charverius Ford is actually a good corner. Okay, I, I'm not too worried about him or Legarius Need. I think those two guys are good. Mike Hughes hasn't showed much to this point, so yep. he's a wild card. To me, it's really about their off their defensive line. I think that really? last year Frank Clark was underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But now that they have Jerron Reed, Chris Jones can be that edge presence. They have Derek Nottie. So Derek Nottie with Jerron Reed and Clark and Jones on the edge, yep. they can create more pressure. Their linebacking core is okay, and even though Daniel Sorensen is starting on the depth chart, I think Juan Thornhill is better. And and Sorensen is a good safety, but I do think Thornhill will edge him out eventually Okay, if he hasn't already edged him out right now. For me, my question is really on the offense, to be honest. You I'm know? surprised about that. I think their defense, because of Spagnola will be fine. On offense, it's their offensive line being so young, having three rookies. I know what Kelsey is. I, I know what Andy Reid is as a play caller. I know what Mahomes is. 
outside of Tyree Kill, is McCole Hardman going to have that breakout season? Mm. You know, Sammy Watkins is gone. They have so DeMar- they have Demarcus Robinson. They have Brian McCole- Pringle. Brian Pringle, McCole Hardman. I think this is the year that McCole Hardman has to showcase that I am the legit number two receiver. He has the speed. He has the athletic ability. Now it's about him doing it. But I want to go over the Chiefs' schedule and let me know if you guys think this is a win or lost. Okay. Week one versus the Browns. Win. If Mahomes is as healthy as we think he is, win. Statement game for the Browns. Loss. Okay. Uh, I think it's a win. Chiefs versus Ravens. Win. Win. They don't lose to the Ravens. I think Lamar it's a can't win. beat Mahomes. Chiefs versus Chargers. Chiefs. Win. But they're going to split, so we're going to go one and one regardless. Go ahead. Chiefs versus Eagles. Win. <laughs> Stat game. Bills versus Chiefs. Win. Where? Kansas City. Chiefs. Chiefs versus Washington. Chiefs. Versus the Titans. Chiefs. Versus the Giants. Chiefs. Versus the Packers. Loss. Packers. Versus the Raiders. Win. Cowboys. Win. Broncos. L. I think they split Denver and and Chargers. But I will give them their credit, unfortunately. We can't. We we play them well. We don't win. We'll give them a one-possession game. We don't win. I want to say this season our team's better, but they've had our number these last few seasons. Raiders. L. Chargers again. I mean, that they're gonna they're gonna beat them. Chargers. I said they split. Yep. Okay, they split. Steelers. Chiefs. Chiefs. Bengals. Chiefs. Broncos. So there's the one. So fourteen and three. I don't think they'll play. So fourteen and three exactly. So the three losses are the split with Denver with Chargers. I have the Browns. That's what my. I have the Browns. I have the Buffalo L. I just think Buffalo's defense is not going to be able to keep up. And it didn't keep up in the AFC Championship, and I don't see why it will. Because their run game, that was the biggest issue in the AFC Championship game. All they did was pass. They had no other identity, and Josh Allen was the leading rusher on that squad that game. So, Do you think Kansas City are the Super Bowl favorites? I, to go to the Super Bowl? I de- Win it. I don't think so. I think they're two. Over who? Over behind who? Tampa. Tampa? I think they're the favorites to come out the AFC, though. Like, the heavy favorites. I, I think they're the favorites. I wouldn't say heavy. I feel like people are definitely high on the Browns this season. I want to say definitely people are high on the Bills. But I'm going to say they're the favorites to go. I'm going to put Tampa over them. I am going to put the Packers over them, especially because it's the last dance type thing. They're going to be motivated. Aaron Rodgers is going to be motivated. That's it. I don't see many other teams, truthfully. I wouldn't put Green the Packers. Bay over Kansas I wouldn't City's put Green Bay take. over Chiefs. It is a hot take, but I'll be honest, they're they're mad good. Green Bay probably would have beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl too. So you think so? I do think so. Oh, is Darius Smith, Preston Smith, maybe to get the same type of, but not, but nowhere, presence? but nowhere near like Shaq and Indomitian, JPP. It's, Wasn't the Chiefs? I don't know. I think Darius Smith is the best edge rusher out of all those guys. Whoa, he's better than Shaq Barrett. Really? I think Darius Smith is better than Shaq Barrett. I love Shaq Barrett. But another thing that the the Bucks have over them is Levante David. That ability to guard Travis Kelsey was unbelievable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's that's put them over the top. But Green Bay has Jairi Alexander Jai, to put sure. on Tyreek Hill. For sure. Wasn't yeah, I think Tampa was better. Wasn't the Chiefs all around? All around. For sure. Wasn't for the sure. Chiefs' offensive line injured? Exactly. Which is why I I don't doubt that Green Bay would have beat him offensively. Well, they matched about, up very well. So if 
I hate ifs, but in a, in an if statement, the Chiefs' offensive line is good. You still have Green Bay over them. Yeah, I do. Okay. I definitely do. Interesting. They have. They have to. They have to do it this season. If not, just because they have to, they have, they're going to do it. They yeah. have to get past Tampa first. No, I agree, but I'm saying in terms of who who do I have over so, Kansas City? Also, Green Bay faces Chiefs. You would you would put money on Green exactly. Bay? Exactly. But Ooh. I still have the Bucks as the best team because Ooh. they're the exact same team that we saw last year. Yeah. No preseason, they won a Super Bowl. I'm still high on Kansas City. I think they are the favorites, if not the second favorites, to win it all. Fair enough. You know, behind only Tampa Bay, and I I, I would honestly say the Rams are over Green Bay. You're very I, high on Stafford. And you know what? I can't I can't yes. argue that too much either. Stafford also, you want to talk about having something to prove. This guy was on the Lions. People were saying that, you know, you're good enough. You still get it done with any team. But that's a load of garbage in my opinion. But now he actually goes to a team that's actually for real. But my concern with them is their O-line. That O-line isn't anything game-changing. You know, it's an old O-line. They haven't put any pieces there. To they have really- two game changes on defense, though. 100% about that. I can't say that you're wrong there. Their defense is That's, for real there. But they did lose John Johnson to the Browns, which is going to hurt them in the in the. In I feel the like when you have Aaron line. Donald, though, life is just easy. For sure. Like it's, and then Jalen Ramsey behind them, it's like, they're so we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll so be all right. Like, On to the team that is looking to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> Definitely not the Denver Broncos. You got to get this Broncos agenda out of your mind right now. The L.A. Chargers last year... They went seven and nine. They lost a lot of close games. In fact, they had six games where they had a double digit lead in 2020 and lost four of them. That's agreed. And Anthony Lynn was seven and sixteen in one possession in one possession games before the 2020 season. Coaching had a lot to do with why the Chargers were bad last year. And I think getting Brandon Sally in the building is definitely a step in the right direction. I think the LA Chargers make the playoffs this season and they are going to go 11 and 6. Moving from Anthony Lynn to Brandon Staley, I think Joe Lombardi, even though I had my doubts about him, he has, in training camp, the offense has looked good. In these joint practices, they have looked good. In the preseason, it has looked good. And Brandon Staley said that, hey, I want to have the best passing offense. We're going to throw the hell out this ball. He said a cursor, but I'm gonna say hell out this ball. Brennan Staley <laughs> believes in Justin Herbert, and Actually why? Why so. wouldn't you? Exactly. Herbert had a historic rookie season, and last year the same thing with the Chiefs. Their problem was the offensive line. They got Corey Lindsley, they got Matt Filer, and they drafted Rashawn Slater, and they still have Brian Bulaga there. The one concern is the guard position. Ode Abushi. I'm not how. I'm not sure how good he's gonna be, but now Brennan Staley on that defense. Gus Bradley has not been good for the Chargers these past couple of years. And now the Chargers are getting back Derwin James as well. You know, Chris Harris Jr., Michael Davis. I think Asante Samuel Jr. is going to be a stud. He has been really good. Nazir Adderley and Derwin James. I mean, these guys, the Chargers have a lot of talent. Then you look at their offense, Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer has been impressing, Jared Cook. The Chargers are bound to have a great season, and you never know if the Chiefs do stumble, if the if the Chiefs aren't who we think they are, if Patrick Mahomes isn't 100% fully healthy, if that offensive line is not so great because they are starting three rookies. 
the Chargers could win the division. That's not too far fetched to say, but I have them at eleven and six, a playoff lock for sure. Well, you know, like you said, coaching, clock management, injuries really destroyed San Diego last year. But for the most part, you know, you got to see Justin Herbert. He was amazing, phenomenal. I have them at ten and seven. I do think they will. I'm not going to say they definitively make the playoffs, but they will be fighting for that 6-7 seed. I think they'll be right in the fight. You know, we still have to see how these these guys play. We have to see if they can stay healthy. But for the most part, I think healthy. You know, Derwin James, he looked really good in preseason. He's back. They missed him all last year. So I think now that he's back, that defense will be solid. That offense is going to continue to take the next step. Like you said, they have still have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They still got them boys, Austin Eckler. So I think, you know, 10-7. to 10 is like the floor for them. I think they can definitely win more games, but, you know, got to see with the coach. But I have them at 10 to 7. I also have them at 11 and 6. Now, 2020, they actually lost. In 2020 alone, they lost seven games by one possession. And you think, you know, they were a bottom tier team this season, but either of those games, go, let's say four or five of those teams, go, those games go the, the other playoffs. way. They're in the playoffs, 100% fact. And. Now you bring in Brandon Staley, who's more defensive-minded around a team whose defense is already talent-wise, one of the better ones in the league. You have arguably the best pass rusher in Joey Bosa. You have one of the best people in the secondary in your, on your squad in Derwin James, just a matter of if he can stay healthy or not. And obviously we've seen when he was healthy his, his rookie year, he was an all-pro player. He's unbelievable at what he does. And I look at that squad, and I, I just believe that that defense automatically – with a, a defensive-minded head coach, is going to be a top-10 defense in the league. At least that's what it should be. And then I look at Herbert now with a revamped offensive line, revamped to a degree. They they put in some pieces. They brought in Corey Lindsley, who was the best available center uh, this offseason. And people are trying to say that Herbert's going to regress because it's impossible that he does what he did last year because a lot of his throws were you know, under pressure, and it's impossible that – you can replicate a season like the one that he had this year with with the amount of throws that he had made under pressure. But, you know, now you're going to actually give him time in the pocket to actually sit and make a good read. And and it's not like he doesn't have rinky-dink weapons. He's got Austin Eckler, who's a solid receiving back. He's got Mike Williams, who I'm not too high on, but at the same time, he still has the talent to be a good wide receiver. Keenan Allen's obviously one of the best wide receivers in our game. It's not far-fetched to say that Justin Herbert could even increase his talent level of what he was last year into this into this season, given the fact that now he's actually going to have a little bit more time to chill in that pocket and make the right throw. He's a smart guy. He knows how to make his reads. He's, he's one of the most accurate throwers of the ball in, in our league right now. Scrambling, sitting in the pocket, it doesn't matter. He can really do it all. I just think that, you know, 11-6, and six, there's, there's nothing disrespectful about that. Kansas City is just better than them. There's a, I still look at the Browns. I still look at the Ravens. I think that those teams are going to be better than them. Bills. Bills are definitely going to be better than them. Off the top of my head, it's not too far-fetched to say that the Titans are going to be better than them. It's going to be close. Titans' defense is not nearly as good as the Chargers, but I think offensively they're, they have more firepower than they do. So 11-6, and six, more than respectable. But one of my predictions, Herbert could be the MVP this season. Mm. And if Herbert's the MVP this season, then 11-6 and six is way more than possible. And so 11-6, and six, that's what I'm going to stick with. If you think Herbert can be the MVP, an MVP this season, I think 11-6 and six is underselling them. You I think, think so? they could win 13 games 
if you think he's going to be the MVP, if he's going to be that good, I can see 13 wins. I think the Chargers, you're right. You know, I, I don't think 11 wins is, is too far-fetched. Last year, they lost a lot of close games. They probably should have made the playoffs last year. No doubt. If they didn't lose so many close games. Because of that, I think it's totally possible. Now, let me go over their schedule real quick. First game, Washington. W. At Washington. It's going to be a very good game, but I'm going to I'm going to lean Chargers. Chargers. At home versus the Cowboys. W. Away against the Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, we those are split, so. Home versus the Raiders. Oh, Chargers. I'm going to give them a split too. Raiders play them well, but I'll give them a W there. Home at the Raiders versus, you said? No, it's okay. at home. All right, W. Home versus the Browns. Loss. Loss. At Baltimore. Loss. Loss. Home versus New England. They're home. Win. I think they win that game. I think they win as well. At Philadelphia. Oh. Win. Versus Minnesota. Loss. Loss. Versus Pittsburgh. Win. Where? Vers- if I say versus, it's at home. Oh, then yeah, they're going to win. At Denver. They're going to split. split. Mm-hmm. At Cincinnati. Win. win. Versus New York. The Giants. I'm going to say win. Versus the Chiefs. Lost because we gave him one already. At Houston. Win. Versus Denver. I split, so I'm giving him a loss. At Las Vegas. I gave him a split there, too. That's a loss. For me, I I think they are going to sweep the Raiders and sweep Denver as well. I don't think they'll sweep Denver. I think they will only split with the Chiefs in that division. Okay. So that's four four wins, right? Four wins, yeah. I think Kansas, Denver, and Chargers will split. They will split, but they will sweep the Raiders. Vegas plays them pretty well, and what Future has told me. So I'm going to give them a split. Our division plays each other every single season as tough as it gets. So it's not too far fetched to say to not give us a split is rude. Our defense is too good. On to the next team, the Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) Cares about these guys? I don't know. Last year the Raiders went eight and eight, and that that was a surprise to me because it felt like a much worse season. And the past two seasons they have been six and four. They have started out six and four, and then they have lost their next stretch of games and ultimately missed the playoffs in 2019. I said they're going to make the playoffs at six and four. They missed it. The very next year, they were six and four again. And I said, you know what? I'm not falling for it this time. They will miss it. And they did. But this year is New Year, right? Even though they lost Gabe Jackson and, and Trent Brown and Rodney Hudson, maybe they turn it around. Maybe the, you're optimistic. They got Yannick Ngakwe. They picked up John Brown. Brian Edwards also. supposedly is a good receiver, and he's shown flashes in college. He was pretty good. Darren Waller, we know, is one of the top tight ends in the NFL. You have him over George Kittle. I do. And they have been saying Alex Leatherwood, who a lot of people said they reached for on draft night, has looked pretty good. Despite all that, I have them at 6-11. and 11. Next season, I don't have much faith in the Raiders. I don't have much faith in John Gruden. And I think it's a shame because I think Derek Carr is one of the most, if not the most underrated quarterback in the NFL today. He's a top 12, top 13 quarterback in the league. And the fact that his football life is getting wasted by a team who can't build a solid defense hurts me. And Gus Bradley is a new D.C., and I'm not sold on Gus Bradley. He, he couldn't get it done with the Chargers. He had a bad defense with the, charge, with the Chargers. 
the cover three scheme is outdated. Because of that, I don't have much faith in their defense. If they have a bottom 20 defense, once again, I don't see them doing much. Listen, I, I got them at four and thirteen. I, I don't, wow. think, I don't think they're going to be that good. You know, granted, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. They have a lot of youth on the team that they'll be able to develop this year, and hopefully, you know, work and see what they got. Henry Ruggs, he kind of struggled last year with injuries and just playing on the field. Hopefully, he can have a better year too. But it's, it's this team isn't good. Not to mention that the AFC is getting better. You know, you got Miami, you got the Patriots, you got the Buffalo in that division. Then you got in your own division. I predicted six losses. Denver. Chiefs, Chargers, then you got Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland in that division. Like the AFC is just completely getting better, and the Raiders have seemed to digress as the season's going along. So I think regress. That's why you my guy. Got you. Wait, so six losses in the divisions. They don't win one game in that division. No, they don't beat Denver. No. Can you respect us? <laughs> I'll be honest, but saying. I I will also be real. They're probably going to beat us once. I don't think so. I think they they will get. One three I think they wins in the division. I think they, no, they I might get th- two because I think that they could split with the Chargers. I think Chargers going to sweep them. Denver's going to sweep them. The Chiefs. I know. The, I know okay. the Chiefs are going to sweep them. Okay, like, I, I know that, that. But I think the other two will sweep them too. I just don't think they're that good. Like they don't have Derek Carr. Look at it like that. They have Darren Waller. And that's, <laughs> no, to say that they're going to lose, they're not going to win one. I, hey, that's listen, crazy. I respect the bold take. I don't know when that's ever happened though. No, teams have gone six and zero oh in the division. You oh think? and six. Yeah. Oh, and six. That's what I mean. Oh, wait. Somebody no, has- that's different. That's different. I don't know about that. You're right. I don't know if teams have gone yeah, on. Let, let me see. Let me see. Obviously, you, Browns, you don't have to see that. That's, no, good. that's Browns, a long research. Browns went 0-16. Oh Lions went 0-16. Oh so there's two right there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess. So regardless of that. So I have them at 7-10. and 10. I think they're going to be a little bit better than what you say, a game better than what you say, so it's not that big of a difference. I say that because they still have some, some decent weapons offensively. Josh Jacobs, of a solid running back. It's unfortunate that he's been put into a situation now where the Raiders have lost three of their starting old linemen from last season, lost Trent Brown, uh, lost Gabe Jackson, lost Rodney Hudson, and it's all players that they could have kept on their squad for sure, but they just, for some reason, said, we don't want an O-line going into this next season. And that's why I have them not being as good as last year. I contemplated giving them a few less wins, but you know, you bring in Yannick Ngakwe, Casey Hayward is a, is a, a very good corner. I like the draft pick of Trayvon Morig. Uh, they have Jonathan Abram, who's a hard-hitting safety. I just think he needs to be a little bit better in coverage for me to really be all in on him. But he, he's his game is one of the more, more intense defensively. And then I look at Darren Waller. Obviously, I'm super high on him. He, he led the league in receptions for, for tight end. Uh, no, excuse me. He has the franchise record for most receptions in a season for Vegas. I think he had 105, something around that, over a uh, thousand. Vegas, Oakland history. Yep, yep. Vegas, Oakland history. He has the most receptions for a tight end ever. Um, then you go, and he has over 1,000 yards the last two seasons. He's a touchdown machine. Now, for me, the biggest guy is going to be Henry Ruggs. He was drafted over Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Claypool, all these guys that obviously were better than him last season. But he's the fastest out of all those guys. He's a burner. That's his game. He put on 20 pounds of muscle going into this season. He has to prove something to, to, to the world this year, and I think he's definitely going to do that. My concern is that Derek Carr is going to have to be running for his life, and regardless of how good Darren Waller is and regardless of how good I believe Henry Ruggs is going to be this season, it's going to be difficult to do anything without an O-line. So I still, I still think that the talent's enough to get them seven wins. The coaching is just – Gruden's done nothing for me this far – Putting a team together one, 
calling plays too for me to think that he could put together a winning organiz or you know a winning team together. So I feel like seven and ten that is more than respectable. But I don't see anything happening with this team at all. Gruden to me is fine. I think the problem from that I have with the Raiders is their decision making. Mike Mayock has not been great at drafting players, and it's probably been a team unit between Gruden and Mayock. They have not been great at drafting players. Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen. Those were supposed to be the two guys at corner, and they have not impressed thus far. Yep. And and then, you know, John Gruden getting to Oakland, trading away Amari Cooper, trading away Khalil Mack. First year of the trade when Khalil Mack was traded, you you got Josh Jacobs. They drafted Jonathan Abram with the pick, I believe. It looked to be going in a good direction, and now hindsight is twenty twenty. You're like, wow, you probably should never traded them. Las Vegas called Chicago to ask for yeah, Khalil Mack. That's crazy. And, and you you decided to trade him away. So the decision making for me is a bit bizarre. You call me call me foolish, but I I actually am higher on Las Vegas's offensive line than most. Okay, even though they lost. Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown. I think Gabe Jackson wasn't that big of a loss. I think Trent Brown was a bigger one. But if Alex Leatherwood is as good as advertised as he's been looking so far, I think they'll be fine. Rodney Hudson, to me, was the big loss. It was the big loss. It was the guy at center in the middle. But looking and reading a lot of forums on the Raiders, they have said that he hasn't been playing so great as of recently. Even though PFF has consistently ranked them as a top center in the NFL, you know, who knows? I'm higher on their offensive line than most. I am not high on their defense, though. That's really what I'm not sold on. Casey Hayward Jr. last year was bad. He was horrendous. And he's under the same defensive scheme, under the same coach with Gus Bradley. Do I think he'll have a bounce back season? I wouldn't bank on it. Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett haven't, impre- haven't impressed me. Jonathan Abrams brings energy but lacks a lot of other things. For sure. And Trayvon Merrick, I like a lot, but I think he's more of a cover guy. I don't view him as somebody who's going to help so much in the run game. Raiders fans are high on Yannick Ngakwe. I'm not. Jacksonville got rid of him. Minnesota got rid of him. Baltimore got rid of him. It's obviously not a team thing. I mean, all these teams are saying we don't want Yannick. And Minnesota had an edge rusher problem and still didn't take him. Max Crosby, I like Colin Farrell, is a good run stopper. But then when you look at the linebackers, Corey Littleton last year had such a horrendous season. Does that change this year in a similar scheme? I I don't really think it does, and that's why I'm not sold on the Raiders. Their offense, I think, will be a top 15 offense in the NFL. It has potential to be a top 10. But I think they'll be similar to what Minnesota was last year in the fact that they'll be great offensively, but defensively they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, and you can't win that way. That's why I have them at 6-11. and 11. I did have them at 4-13 and 13 at first, but I said that may be a bit too harsh. I'm going to have them at 6-11. and 11. Let me go through their schedule. Week 1 versus Baltimore. Loss. At Pittsburgh. Loss. Versus Miami. Loss. At Los Angeles Chargers. Loss. Versus the Bears. Win. 
W. At Denver. Loss. Loss. Versus Philly. Win. At, w. At the Giants. Loss. Loss. Yeah. Versus the Chiefs. Loss. Versus the Bengals. Loss. Loss. At Dallas. Loss. Versus Washington. Loss. At Kansas City. Loss. At Cleveland. Loss. Versus Denver. Loss. Versus, I'll give him one. At Indianapolis. Loss. Versus the Chargers. I'll give him one. So that's about like five wins. Yeah. Yeah, five wins. The one that Bengals is going to be a good game. Giants is going to be a good game. Those are the two. Yeah, I do think so. I think, I think the Giants, the Giants are going to be solid this year, too, but I just think... I think that's an easy win for the Giants. Easy? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Giants are a really good team. It's just that Oakland... Excuse me, Las Vegas... It's hard. They surprise. There's some... They beat... They, they Weren't they the first team to beat the Steelers last year? They were. Washington was. No, okay. I thought it was or I thought Cincinnati it was, was. I thought it was the It Raiders, was Washington or Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure it was Washington because of the defense. I could be wrong, though. I think it was the Raiders. Nah, I don't think it was the Raiders. Let's see. Astros just won. Mm. Washington? Yep. It was Washington, right? Yep. yep. They lost a lot of games. After that, yeah. yeah. After that. On to the Did last team. the Raiders? I'm bugging. No, they have to. On to the last team in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos. Drew's favorite team. Going to disappoint him this year again. Says you. Denver Broncos record prediction. 17-0. So they finally named Teddy Bridgewater the starter. Drew Locke is not the starting quarterback. Maybe he will become the starting quarterback later on in the season. But as of right now, he wasn't. Now, last year, Denver had a lot of injuries. Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Cortland Sutton, Jarrell Casey was supposed to be a big impact. And he didn't play at all. And now he's not there anymore. They added Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, Pat Sertan, Bobby Massey, and Javante Williams. Even with these additions, because the quarterback room is underwhelming, I have them at 8-9. and nine. I think they'll be a respectable team. I think they'll be a competitive team, much like Carolina was last year. But they'll be even better than Carolina because that defense is great. I think Denver is going to have a top three, if not the best secondary in football. It is that talented. Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Pat Sertan. Keep going. I mean, their secondary is legit. We're amazing. Their front seven is great. Shelby Harris, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. And you look at the talent on this team. There is talent. The wide receiver room, running backs at tight end. Offensive line could be better. Agreed. It really is just that quarterback position that is holding Denver back. And because of that, because they play in a division with Derek Carr, with Justin Herbert, with Patrick Mahomes, Teddy is the fourth best quarterback, and Drew Locke is that as well, even if he were to start. Because of that, I don't have much faith in Denver making the playoffs, but they will be a competitive team. I got it. I got you guys. Not really different from them. I got you guys at nine and eight. So, you know, you'll be competitive. You'll fight. But I think in the end, a lot of the games will come down to you guys trying to make plays. And I don't think you have that quarterback Ouch. that can really, you know, take you guys over the top yet. Not yet. You know, Teddy, like we said, he's a good, solid quarterback. But he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Justin Herbert. He's not Derek Carr. 
You guys have the, clearly the worst quarterback in the division. It's a gap too. It's not you know it's a, it's a substantial gap. But you know, offensive line and quarterback are your weaknesses on this team. But I think, like you said, Justin Simmons, Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, Kyle Fuller. I mean this this defense is from top to bottom. It's great at everything. Even your receivers is incredible. You got nice running backs. So I think for the most part, you're going to be in a lot of high leverage games. You'll be competitive throughout the whole season. Nine and eight. I can see you guys going better than nine and eight. Definitely because that defense, I think will be top five in the league. Mm -hmm. That defense is special. And we've seen defensives carry offenses to the playoffs. I mean, you guys won the Super Bowl doing that one year. Definitely. So, but I think, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, He's going to be solid, but I don't think he'll be good enough to win you guys a lot of games. I think he'll just be okay. And Drew Locke, you know, he's still a mystery. You know, he still has a lot of promise, but we don't know what he's going to be. But nonetheless, 9-8, and eight, I like you guys. You guys are cool. So I'm going to have us at 10-7. and seven. Of course you are. And now this is why. I'm looking at Carolina's schedule. They gave up a lot of points, and they lost a lot of games by one possession. A lot of them. Now, our defense is going to be a lot better than what Carolina had to offer last season. Now, I don't think... It's too far off to say our weapons are, are just as good as Carolina's. They didn't have CMC last year. We have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Javante Williams, I believe, is going to be a, a, a superstar for us one day. I don't think that it's going to be this season. I think it's going to be next season when Melvin Gordon is not going to be in his way. Our defense is going to be unbelievable this year. Our defense, secondary-wise, like you mentioned, you believe is going to be top three. I think that I'm just going to go on a limb and say we're going to be the best secondary in the league. Depth-wise, we have it. Our safeties, we have it. Justin Simmons is arguably the best safety in the league. If you want to say Derwin James is a safety, even though I believe he's a more of a hybrid type player who can even play cornerback, that's how talented he is. We bring in Kyle Fuller for nothing. We bring in Ronald Darby. Bryce Callahan's a stud. Pat Sertan is going to be defensive rookie of the year this year, in my opinion. Our issue right now is linebacker. I like Alexander Johnson. Jewel is okay. I think he's a, he's a talented guy. I would have... If we didn't go Sertan, I would have loved Micah Parsons because I thought we needed a, a a linebacker that bad. I would have liked to go get Leonard Floyd. We didn't go and get him either. But I'm I'm fine with it, especially because we got Vaughn Miller coming back. We got Chubb, who had a breakout season last year in the NFL in the NFL top 100. He was a top 45 player in the league. I was shocked by that, truthfully. But hey, it shows to it goes to show that people are actually putting respect on Chubb's name finally. And we have we have a firm we have a firm line. We you bring in Shelby Harris back. That was huge. Now, offensively, offensive line, my issue is right tackle. I don't think Bobby Massey is that answer yet. I think we need a we need a right tackle for sure. But I'm a fan of Graham Glasgow. Lloyd Cushenberry was a rookie last year. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't bad. He wasn't good. He wasn't great. He wasn't good. He was okay. And I think that he can definitely improve. He he can be a, a good piece for us. Dalton Risner is a solid uh, solid guard. And Garrett Bowles is one of the best left tackles in the league. Teddy Bridgewater is going to do enough to win games. And it's not far-fetched to say that we can win more than, than what Carolina did last year, given the fact that they lost a bunch of one-possession games. Their defense wasn't good. Our defense is going to be amazing. And Teddy's going to be put in a lot better situations field-wise, and he knows how to manage a game. We saw it when he was on New Orleans. When he had a good roster, he won. It, they didn't miss a beat when Drew Brees went down. He was solid. Melvin Gordon, I'm a little upset that he's on our squad because it's money that we don't need to spend. He's a talented player for sure, and I love that we went and we got Javante Williams because I think he's going to be a stud. Now you go and you look at the wide receivers. Cortland Sutton coming back from Tony CL. I'm very, very interested to see him come back. I love Cortland Sutton. He's one of my favorite players. 
He's super dynamic. His route running's great. He can go up over the top. His it's catch making ability is spectacular. One of the more underrated receivers. Jerry Judy is already a top five route runner in my opinion. His routes are as crisp as they get. His issue is drops. He he, he can't catch a ball. He can catch a ball. He top just has a bad. I think so. I I think he is a top five route runner. His routes are that clean. May I ask who your top five? If you have it, uh, that's t- off the top of my head. Keenan Allen, Devontae Keenan, Adams, yep, Justin yep. Jefferson. I would say Justin Jefferson's better route runner cool. than Jerry Judy. Mark Cooper. I'm going to disagree with that. No, come on. I'm going to disagree. disagree. What about Mari Cooper? He's a really great route runner. He is. Tay. He, yeah, no, no. T- it's Tay for sure. Keenan Allen for sure. Hopkins. I was going to say Godwin. Godwin is very. Justin Jefferson has I, to be I don't, up there. I don't, I don't think Hopkins? so. Hopkins. I mean, I guess you have to put Hopkins up there. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say he's five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can name more, but okay, go on. I think Coop is dope. Uh, route, we're, we're getting, route I like alone, Judy, but, but top five is crazy. Top ten is for show. Now, top, I think top ten is crazy, too. Oh, he's going crazy. He's a, he's a very good route runner. He's a great yeah, route runner. That's what makes him so dynamic and so unique. His route running ability is what had him as the top wide receiver prospect going into the draft last year. Yeah, but season. there's a difference between that and now the NFL. Is he a better route runner than Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown's 33 years old. But Brown is still better. You're saying Antonio Brown, one of the best receivers we've ever seen. But at this point in time, 33 years old, I'm going to take Judy. Stephon Diggs. Ooh, yep. Take him out. Take him out. Take him out. Take him out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Take him out. I'm going to say, You're I'm going to say, no, I'm going to take D Hop out of that. D Hop is Michael just an Thomas? amazing. My, Michael Thomas is a slant guy. No, he's not. He's a That's slant guy. It's such a false narrative. Bro. I mean, not really. Yes, but. it is. AJ Brown. AJ Brown, similar to Julio in the fact what that he can just do Terry? everything. Adam Thielen. I'm going to take Jerry Judy. <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is very special, but it's it, but, but. there's a difference between being a better receiver. You're naming me better receivers. Well, no, no those Stephon are Diggs is a better, better route runner. Runners. Stephon Diggs is a better route runner. If route I was naming runner. you better receivers, I would have named Julio, DK. I didn't mention those guys, even though Julio is a technician. Yeah, he is, for sure. Come on, Ryan. Terry McLaurin. I'm going to take Judy. You did more? <laughs> oh. I'm going to take Judy. Odell, healthy Odell. Okay, but how many years ago? Jarvis Landry, Judy. Just route running, route running, Judy. You're high on Judy. Yeah, I mean for sure. That's he's a he was a top prospect for a reason. Mr. Droppy. That's the issue. I don't think he's a better route runner than Cooper Cup. I'm gonna disagree with that. Strongly or just low? Key? Strongly. Okay. Have you not been watching Jerry Judy? I like Jerry Judy, but to call him a top five route runner in the NFL or top ten, uh, yeah. Wait, wait, you no, really think really. he's a better route runner than Justin Jefferson? Like all jokes aside, I like do. Being dead serious. I do. Justin Jefferson's a bigger framed type of receiver. But Justin Jefferson didn't have historic season last year because he caught 50-50 balls. He had it because Agreed. he created he separation, separation for sure. Separation for sure. Like separation Jerry Judy run. creates separation. He doesn't have. He didn't have the QB to get him the ball, and also. He had drop. He had a drop problem, and that's his issue. But he was getting open. Okay. All right. That's your opinion. It I'm is my opinion. It. Good. I'm glad. You're also the biased opinion, though. <laughs> not, 10, I mean, you bro. could say oh, I'm yeah, the show bias. I'm, I'm fine with it. Jerry, it's no, it's no knock on Judy. It's just there's a lot of talented no, wide receivers. You have to put Judy sure. over. That no. I'm not putting Judy over. Route running wise, Jerry Judy is already one of the best route runners in our league by far. I think top ten is cool. Listen, I'm I'm cool with top ten. I'm saying he's top five. I think he's that clean of a route runner. There's not many cornerbacks outside of probably Jair and Ramsey that could lock him in a, in strictly corner wise. 
and strictly getting off the getting open, Stephon I think Jerry Gilmore. Judy can. I think Denzel Ward to have a great time. Gilmore probably is getting up Tra- there in Tredavious age. White. Tredavious, I'm take Judy could get open on on Tredavious. I'm taking I mean, Denzel. Eventually, I'm yeah. taking Denzel and Marla Humphrey too over Judy. De- Denzel is an interesting one because he's fast, Wait, hold and on. that's can, why. Can we stop? Putting Judy in this conversation <laughs> against his top corners because he's it's just crazy. a matter of getting open. He has to prove it this year. Oh no, no doubt about it. And that's my thing. He needs to hang on to the ball. But I just think that going into this season, he should have a little bit more confidence. We saw the same thing with Mari Cooper. He struggled with drops early in his career too. I'm more than more than <laughs> confident in the fact that Judy's going to be able to be successful yeah, this the, season. He's, he's tough. Okay. And I think Judy could be the best receiver on our squad, as good as Cortland is. Judy so, could be tough. the best receiver on our squad. And I don't want to go into it because we just wasted so much time talking about route running. But <laughs> Noah Font's a solid tight end. Albert O is a solid tight end. It's a shame that he tore his ACL last year because we would we really would have had a nice dynamic duo in tight ends and Noah Font and, and Albert O. But as a whole, our team is really – is. Very complete, one of the more complete teams in the NFL. We just missing a right tackle, in my opinion. Definitely need a linebacker, but other than that, I really am confident. Ten and seven is definitely not out of the question. Naming the teams are going to face at the Giants. Win. Going to be there at Jacksonville. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna go. We're gonna win. Two. Yeah. Versus the Jets. Win. That's definitely not a win. No, that's hilarious. Win, Versus actually. the Ravens. Loss. Loss. At Pittsburgh. Loss. At Pittsburgh, I'm going to take Pittsburgh. We play them well. No, it's going to be a very great game. I'll take Pittsburgh, though. I'm going to give us a W. Versus the Raiders. Oh, win. I'm going to give them one. So at, at, You said versus? All right, win right there. At Cleveland. Loss. Loss. Versus Washington. Loss. Win. At Dallas. Loss. Denver. Versus Philadelphia. Win. Win. Versus the Chargers. Loss. Loss. At Kansas City. Loss. Loss. Versus Detroit. When? When? Versus Cincinnati. When? When? At Las Vegas. When? I already gave him one. At the Chargers. Loss. Versus no. Kansas City. That's it. No, I got it. Uh-huh. Win against the Chargers. We're splitting. That's it, right? Loss and Chiefs. That's pretty 50-50 uh, schedule. That's 10. It's not 10. too bad. I got him at 9. I'm at 9 right now. You said, you said that we were going to beat the Cowboys? Yes. I said we were going to lose to the Cowboys. I had you losing the last two. Okay. But I had you beating Dallas. Who's the game before two. Dallas? I don't Jim. even have it up anymore. That's okay. That's you, all right. No big deal. No I had deal. one you was going to win. You said loss. I had another one. That's all right. doesn't matter. Yeah, but I think you guys are going to beat Dallas. I think we're going to be solid, man. I'm really confident in us this year. So we'll I, see. I, I we'll see, see uh, how good Denver is, and we'll see, see if Jerry Judy. Judy is a top five <laughs> route runner yep. in the NFL <laughs> next season. Stamp it. That was crazy. Stamp it. Jerry Judy. Best in the game. So Rachel Nichols got kicked off the jump. You saw that? I did see that, man. It's crazy. Yeah, man. Well, they the show was gonna be done with. It's done. That's it was, surprising it because show. the jump is one of the better NBA shows. I liked it. That's yeah, cool. a bunch of the comments are mean spirited on Twitter. Like they're happy that she's gone. Yes, I believe it. Twitter was not kind to Rachel Nichols. Twitter's not kind. I don't really understand the whole Rachel Nichols beef. I, I feel like she was good. I, I get it. I get what she did, but at the same time, like. I feel like nobody cared about the fact that her privacy was invaded. Yeah. And like somebody took that recording and leaked it. It's not like she did it herself, you know? Like her privacy was invaded and nobody's talking about that. But, you know, obviously what she said was out of line, but costing her her job, I think, was a bit uh, excessive. And then Max Kellerman's offers take as well. 
Yeah, what happened with that? I think it's a money thing. I think Stephen A is getting a ridiculous amount of breach. And Stephen A is the highest paid. He's uh, getting like 14, 12 uh, to 14. I mean, he's an entertainer. Oh, no, he's one of the best there is. He hosted The Tonight Show. Yeah, like he's a big time. He had a monologue on it. He didn't, he didn't you know, do the entire thing. Still, not many people got that. I mean, for sure, for sure. Especially not no sports commentator. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's ever happened. No, a sports Stephen commentator on the Tonight Show. Stephen A has definitely set the tone. Um, that's a good question. Has do you think Bob Costas has been on there? I don't think he has. I think Stephen A probably is the first. He sets the table, man. He yeah, deserves no, all the A's, money. Oh no, everything Stephen A gets in life, he absolutely deserves. Even though he'd be saying some nonsense, you don't believe that. No, that the sound you made. Oh, I know. Imagine how it felt with my actual fingers yeah. cringing right now. Chili rabbit. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I don't think the Rachel Nichols thing was cool. I don't think it was fair to her. I feel bad. They said there was rumor about Max Kellerman being kicked off because he felt some type of way that Stephen A was trying to recruit Skip Bayless back on the show, basically kicking out Max. Say that one more time. Last year, Skip Bayless's contract with Fox was going to be up, and ESPN wanted to bring him back, and Stephen A was recruiting him to come back to first take. Cool. Which means Max Kellerman was going to you know, get the boot. Mm. They can't have all three? No, definitely not. I don't think they want that. Definitely not. That would have been dope. would have been a lot of money they had to pay, too. It would have been better. I think Skip and Stephen A would have been the best, yeah. to be honest. They I have think better Skip, chemistry. absolutely. I mean, Stephen A misses Skip. They have better, way better chemistry. But I, I think the best sports show in the morning, the base show at least, is, I think is Undisputed over First Take, definitely. I enjoy watching Undisputed more. It's just a shame that First Take tired. feels more forced. I think Stephen A is great, but I think Stephen A forces more takes. Yeah. Like You can tell when... He's, you know, say what you want about Skip and say what you want he about means what he says. Not even that, but like say what you want about Skip and how his takes are bad or whatever. When I watch the show, there is not one time where I, I watch the segment and I come away feeling he wasn't prepared for it. Oh, he, for did, sure. he didn't thoroughly research that segment. Every segment he does, I feel like he thoroughly researches it mm-hmm. and he gives his opinion, whether how you feel about it or not, whatever. But he thoroughly gives his opinion. With Stephen A, you could tell that there are times where he just says it, and there's like no fact or evidence behind it. For example, he was talking about the Katie and Draymond interview, and and talked about like where was Steph Curry when Steph Curry oh, and then the was the main catalyst yeah. of like the the players only meeting. Mm-hmm. Like there are times where he does that, but I get it because he works so much that you can't keep up with everything. But between Skip and Stephen A, I feel like Skip is. More research. I feel like Stephen A's best work was with Skip, though. Oh, no doubt. That was a problem. They made first TV take. history. Yeah, for I, real. Think so. I think that's why I think he wants him back. You know, Shannon cool, but yeah. I like. No, Shannon. I, I think the He's chemistry funny. between Shannon and Skip is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. I think Shannon is dope. I like Stephen A with Skip more than anything. Do you think that uh, Stephen A ever had chemistry with Max? I just think that he didn't like what Max had to say when it came to basketball, and basketball is what makes people watch the show. And the fact that he really wasn't know. that knowledgeable on basketball drove him the wrong way. Max is pretty knowledgeable, though. I think he he has good, some good guy. takes, but the fact that he said the Iguodala over Steph, the Melo over Blake. I feel like those were just Max trying to... And I agree, and that's what TV is for a good portion but of I it. But I feel like but. with that, if Skip says something like that, you really actually believe he's saying what he's saying, like... With Max, he kind of just said that just to clickbait. 
I'm taking Iguadala. You know what I think it is, though? I think Max is less less of a debate person and more of a sit down, let's have a conversation person. Mm. And first take force him to be a debate guy when that wasn't his strong suit. But I also feel like even though Max had his takes or whatever, I do think Stephen A. Smith, it came across as Stephen A. tried to belittle Max a lot of the times yeah. and, and disrespect him For sure. in front of the audience. Oh, like, I can never talk basketball with you. Like, yeah. you know, all this other stuff. I think it definitely came across that way. And that's why I feel like the energy around the show didn't feel as organic or authentic. Like, when I watch Undisputed, I can say that Skip and Shannon, they, they argue and they get into heated debates. But I feel like after... They're mad cool. Like, they're just chilling. You know, Shannon has that vibe to him where he's just easy going, loves life. I feel like Stephen A and Max, it's like work is done. Yeah, like, we go our separate, separate ways. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'll see you in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> like I, I don't think there's much of a friendship there. I think even with Skip and Stephen A, there was a friendship there. With Skip and Shannon, there's a friendship there. With Stephen A and Max, obviously, I don't know them personally, but it just feels like from the outside looking in, there's not a friendship there. And that's why I think the show didn't. You Do you know, think that there was a friendship was, was with Skip and, and Stephen A? Yeah. No, they, Skip, Skip, about Skip Bayless has said that Stephen A is closer to Skip views Stephen A more as a brother than Skip views his own brother. Wow. Like so, Stephen then why A. Why did strictly business? I think it was a money thing. Yeah. Uh, one of the old executives at ESPN was actually the head of Fox Sports, and he wanted to get Fox Sports Network off the ground and as popular as it as it's become today and he wanted it to headline with skip and skip is actually known in the industry as a guy that creates opportunities he before first take it was called cold pizza and then it formed into first take and skip bayless said that they they did basically what they're about to do now they had a, a you know a rotation think, uh-huh. of, of hosts and skip bayless said the only person i'm going to do this show with is Stephen a he he put Stephen A on, and Stephen A has said it a million times that Skip put me on. Shannon on all the Smoke podcasts was like Skip put me on, mm-hmm. like he's the one that vouched for me to be on Undisputed. So Skip has put a lot of people on for sure. Yeah, he's put a lot of people. Oh, on. Oh no, I love Skip. Loves yeah, Skip no, streets, no, it will. Yeah, that that TV personality is great and all, but uh, outside of it, he's actually a pretty dope dude for sure. No yeah. doubt about Even that. Even on bro. TV, I think he's one of the best of all time to do it. In terms oh, of sports commentating, he's one of the best. Yeah, it's just his opinions are spotty. But now, he believes him, which is all you can matter. you're a LeBron fan. <laughs> he made a post on the other day. He's like, I'm up, LeBron. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and this is going to be the end of episode 107. And if you made it this far, we are actually going to start a fantasy league. Yep. And the first 11 Patreon members are going to have exclusive access right now. We have seven Patreon members, so get it while you can, and you can be in the Fantasy League with us. People in in our Patreon get first dibs, so join our Patreon. The link will be in our bio below. So thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.